jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys for being back with us here for episode 217 here on march the 29th 2021 we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again as always i'm joe Murata. i'm joined by michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy diddy are you ready to romp I'm ready. You are? I'm ready to romp and roll. You were born ready? Is that yeah. the saying? Rompers. Yeah, romp. you wearing wore, your romper. I wore my romper today for this romp. And folks, if you're wearing your romper or if you're not, we thank you for being with us here. Uh, you can romp on over to Twitter if you want to, actually, at OVP Podcast on Twitter. The reason you may want to do that is the clips, Quinn. Dozen, mm-hmm. A dozen or so daily drama-free clips. We have all the clips. Um, Zero they, drama. They're all, there's no drama in our vault of clips. No. It's just, well, there's some drama in the clips, would you Within say? Within the clips. Yeah, not because surrounding obviously them. when you have two big, strong men pitted against each other, there's drama. That's correct, Quinn. TNT drama, or whatever <laughs> they are. And that concludes your wrestling lesson to start the yeah. show. Uh, but really, follow us on Twitter for a bunch of retro wrestling clips at OVP Podcast. You can also email us if you want to at OVPpodcast at gmail.com. That is vppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place if people want to talk and converse and interact with you and me and hundreds of other retro wrestling fans is where? Facebook.com slash TNT Drama. We're the official hosts of yes. TNT Drama. You know, uh, speaking of official hosts, we just want to welcome our newest sponsor. We'll be oh, hearing from the, them later. Yeah, them. Quinn's favorite, the C. Howard Company and their oh, delicious violets. I love them so much. You know what it really is? It's the taste. It's a great taste. Check them out, seehowercompany.com. But yes, Quinn, the group of the TNT drama group. Yes. What, what goes on there? What do we do about it? Well, there's a search bar. You have to get to it first. It's okay. usually, there's a little drama getting to it because you got to go interact with the search bar. Sometimes it's mean. Um, but anyway, you type <laughs> mean in search bar. You, I, hey, drama, TNT drama. Anyway, you type in that search bar, our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, big bam, boom, tube score, kafloody. Uh, there's a join button. Click it, you're in. And you're in. And once you're in the group, you're agreeing to one rule and one rule only, which is don't be what, Quinn? Uh, dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And that means just no personal attacks and things like that. You're free to disagree, obviously. You're mm-hmm. free to debate about retro wrestling. But just keep it on that level and don't resort to, you know, personal type attacks. Don't be a dunderhead. Mm-hmm. And that's over on Facebook. And also, if you like our show, and you want more content, we do have more content available. That's if you want it. It's at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We've got every WWF pay-per-view reviewed up to SummerSlam 92 and coming out very soon for April will be Quinn's favorite, the Survivor Series, but now with like 80% less Survivor Series. That's a good thing. It's got that going for it, It but it also has a decline going for it, but it also has Santa Claus. Yeah, which is another favorite of yours. Yes, so this will be It'll a be very a interesting one. pay-per-view. Yep, and if you want to get it on it, folks, again, if you want to, it's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Michael, yes, this season we have do- been doing a segment where we've been talking about some things that maybe don't have the highest public opinion. You know, last season we talked about Herb Abrams and his UWF. Right. We've talked about WWF in your house. It's time. It's a great show. I don't know what anybody's <laughs> issue with that show is. We've talked about Mongo. Mango. 
And this episode, Quinn, is your pick for OVPs in defense of. All right, Big Mike, it's your pick. What are we defending this week? The WWF Hardcore Division. If he did it 24-7, I'm going to do it 48-14. And how about I start with you? No, that's, that's quite all right. Quite how about right. I could start with you right here and right now? No, it want- doesn't matter to me, Michael Cole, because I will break your ass in half, you little shithead. The Hardcore Division. Now, what do you feel, Quinn? Mm, it's it so des- good. What do you it's feel- so good. I love it. <laughs> what do you feel it deserves defending against? Well, I think it, you know, people retroactively really, I, I always see bad things about this is like, oh, because I think it's associated with like 99 and shit like that for right. some reason, even though it, it started in 98. It started in late 98. Yeah. The Hardcore Division was, uh, the Hardcore title was originally a joke that Vince made to like <laughs> shut my, Mick Foley up. I think that's my favorite part. <laughs> it, it, one of my favorite parts about it is its origins as a joke. It like, is. It's just stupid everything about it is like an in joke like it's the wf belt that maybe mr perfect hit with a hammer it's not but that's way too similar i know it's a good urban legend yeah yeah basically vince uh this is during the period of time where mick foley was like really trying to suck up to corporate heel vince mcmahon uncle vince or whatever he called him (laughs) dad sometimes dad yeah Yeah. (laughs) and vince uh to shut him up and like get him off his case he jokingly presented him with the hardcore title, and then it went on. Well, have- he he had a straight face to Mick. That's why. That's what makes it even funnier. Oh, it was so deadpan. Yeah, yeah, it was completely deadpan. And Mick is like, "Wow, oh my god, thank you so thanks, much." Dad. Like, yeah, thanks, Dad. <laughs> and then he like left. Gee, thanks, Dad. And it went on to have such illustrious champions such as Big Boss Man, uh huh, Hardcore Holly. Billy Gunn, weirdly. Mr. Ass. Well, Road Dog. And yes, Road Dog, my, one my, of the uh, seminal favorites of Quinn. Okay. This, Talk about me, what you love about to all me this. To when the Road Dog got it, right? And this is such a throwaway. Like, I think it's, how many, it's like three weeks or something. It's not, like, it's none not, of it was long. I just remember, like, each of his hardcore defenses made me, like, I think it, I think what happened is, is like, it hit me what this was. And what was it? Is that you could just do whatever the fuck you wanted. And, like, the Road Dog was, like, kind of scrappy as the champion. He always gets his ass whooped the whole match. Right. And he kind of, like, always come back. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. It's like, this makes sense. It's like the hardcore champion's kind of like a target. And, like, he's trying to just escape. And I think the Road Dog was the first to make me realize that. And I just always liked him as the hardcore champion. He was fun. And a lot of these matches, folks, and I'm sure a lot of you did watch during the Attitude Era, uh, specifically 99, a lot of people watched in 99, even though it's not maybe well-regarded now creatively, or even at the time, creatively, a lot of people watched wrestling in 99. Yeah. And these matches usually were all over the place. Memorably, I believe it was St. Valentine's Day Massacre between Bob Holly and Al Snow. It spilled into the river. Mm. Oh, look at this! Into the Mississippi River! That water has got to be 35, 40 degrees! And you didn't know what you were going to get. It right. was like the first time... I felt like WWF was was like creative and not predictable with this belt. It was like nothing about it was how they did things. Correct. You know what I mean? Yes. And like to me, this equated to um, this might sound really weird. The way they handled this equated to how WCW did such a great job with the cruiserweight division. I thought this was WWF's like contribution to like an undercard title kind of thing in the 90s yeah like an alternate segment for raw every week right you know that is outside of the ring literally most of the time it's totally different than everything that's going on it like doesn't mean anything really but it's but they treat it like it does yeah like within its own universe it's very prestigious for some reason yeah yeah i think that there was a bit of a lull throughout the end of 99 
Uh-huh. But I got to say, we got to give credit to one man who really revived yes. the excitement of this title in the mid two thousand in mid two thousand, and that would be Crash Holly. Right. And so Crash Holly was it mid two thousand? Because yeah. I, what was when was Early that mid. battle royal thing? That was WrestleMania two thousand. Yeah, but, I know. But so it was when did Crash win it? Because he must have won it earlier than that. February. Yeah, and, okay. then, and then they put the 24-7 rule on it. That was his idea. It was so good. Like, this this is when it was, like, really good. And, no, you might be li- hearing, like, now you see, oh, the 24-7. That, that is not what the hardcore belt 24-7 was. Because this was something that was consistent, and it was like it had its own segment that wasn't just like guys running through matches that are currently happening like they do now like no 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 it was like this is a hardcore match or whatever like jr would be like like this is a match or whatever but earlier today six people fucking won it or whatever like you know what i mean like that's like how they would do it one of the best things about it was that all you had to do was bring a referee with you and you could attack crash holly anywhere and i think the best example quinn is at Fun Time America. Right. They were in New Jersey. They were like at Wildwood or some shit. And like, for some reason... <laughs> Crash is just having a nice day. Yeah, because, okay, so on top of all of this, is like, you know how they used to treat Hornswoggle like he was an actual child? Yeah. Like, I feel like Crash was the originator of this in, in a weird in a way. Sense, like, right? they, they were like, no, he's like he's like a child at heart or something, right? Because he's like smaller than everyone or whatever. Yeah, he's the little guy. He was scrappy. And, you know, interesting enough, he was kind of like a leprechaun-ish character earlier on in his career right. to an extent. So if I recall, Crash is just like hanging out at fun yeah, time. He's like in the, in the ball pit or some shit. <laughs> yeah. And like then some wrestlers like attack him and he has to like escape through like a, a slide and all this shit. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> Well, the strategy was to get Crash in the balls, and Crash, I think, oh, ambush the headbangers! <laughs> Crash with a clothesline off the monkey bars. Go Elroy! Go Elroy! And there's one time in another segment where Jack Doan has his referee shirt on, but he brings another ref with him. Jack Doan takes his shirt off and tries Good. to win it. Good. There was like times when I swear there was like wrestlers just like sleeping or yes. something, and like somebody just pinned them and. I forget who did this one. All I remember, though, is that the the, the wrestler who was pinning him was telling the ref to sh- and he was like counting yep. quietly. It was like all good. They woke Tim White up and got him out of bed. And they're taking him breakfast, apparently, to, to Crash Holly's room. This is what I mean. It's like they actually like thought about the segment. It was very fun. And it was creative every week. And it was just it was a fun like retreat from the usual bullshit of WF where it was like, I hate you, fuck you, and all this shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, like, good fun. It provided levity to an otherwise somewhat, somewhat serious product in 2000. By that, I mean, you know, Triple H's heel character was very serious for most of 2000, Mm -hmm. and the feuds that he was in. There was a lot of serious stuff going on, and it really was a lot of fun. Do you think that maybe people just, you know, that have a more pure vision of wrestling, and obviously there's nothing wrong with that. You like what you like, but... Do you think it's looked upon, you know, with some disdain? I do. Oh, this isn't wrestling. I do. But part of me, like, I don't like that because I feel like it's contained. It's not like the other characters on the show even talk about the hardcore title. It's just like its own world. Also, I have to say the 24-7 world, one of my favorite moments, actually, like, I think this taught people what the 24-7 rule meant because I don't think it was readily apparent when it first happened like you said in like february or whatever yeah. of 2000 is that battle royal at wrestlemania is amazing like i don't care it's, what it's anyone, a lot it, of fun it's so much fucking fun yeah. like the cut then all of a sudden it hits you like oh this can just 
cha- I've never even seen anything like that where you could just pin people like in a battle royal and there's like a time limit on it. Yeah. And I was like, why did they never like just do this match regular? It's cool. Like this like hot cool. this like hot potato concept of yeah. like I love it. Where guys like Pete Gas can win the title yes. briefly. Yes. <laughs> and like Gass. Viscera was the champion. <laughs> like it was amazing. <laughs> and like, then, Steve Blackman, all these yep. people. It was like it was so good. And then even the ending, I know it was botched, but yes. it still was fun when like they took like JR's cookie jar or whatever. Your and, candy like, jar. <laughs> and King was like, That's your candy jar, JR. Like the whole time. And like he like shattered it over his fucking he head. He did, yeah. It was amazing. A little bit after that in May, uh, Godfather's Ho won the title for 15 this seconds. This is what I mean. It's like, See, you're not yeah. supposed to take this seriously. No, I mean, if Godfather's Ho is a champion, first of all, that says a lot about how popular the Godfather was. Well, but of course, second of all, different story altogether. Yeah. I also like Quinn. That uh, even though it kind of fizzled out after the crash era throughout the end of 2000 and into 01, I do like that it had one last real big appearance, and that would be an extremely fun triple threat hardcore match between Raven, yes. Kane, and the big show at WrestleMania 17. You see, okay, so WrestleMania 17, they say it's a, like the end of an era for a lot of things. It was probably the end of the era for the hardcore belt, also. Yep. Do you remember anything about it really after that? No. Yeah. I want to. I know this probably didn't happen, but I associate anything that died after the Attitude Era with um, X Pac holding it. So like, <laughs> he, I, didn't. I, he didn't, but like, it somehow feels like it melted into X Pac, and I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe Jeff Hardy or something. Jeff Hardy, pro- yeah, he definitely but did. Whatever happened to it? But the point is, is that this match, like, it was actually like a more of a standard hardcore match where it was just like, like a false count anywhere style, right? It yeah. wasn't like a you could pin him six hundred times kind of match, right? So it was a uh, Raven Big Show. Kane, right? Yep. Yeah, Kane. So you had these three, and they're just like having this like triple threat hardcore match all over the building. Raven is really good in this. Like, yes, he is. And here's the thing: is he kind of sucked in WWF, but like somewhat he, here he was very excellent. At first, this match looks like a stupid Raw match. Like it starts, he comes out with a with a cart, the cart yeah. full of weapons, and it's pretty standard. But then it starts; to, it becomes special when they end up in like the tunnel somewhere, <laughs> and like. There's a golf cart. Like involved. Raven tries to ram someone in a golf cart, and the story goes is that that like he literally drove over the power line yes. thing by accident and like crashed into it, and it almost broke. And like WrestleMania would have been like dark. Yeah, it would have been dark the rest of the show because they would have had to like get an engineer to like patch the cable or I don't know. But then on top of it, so then that shit happens, right? And so the match continues. And then there's like some weird like room that looked like it was like under construction or something, <laughs> yeah. and like they. They like go through the wall. It was probably set up temporary temporary wall it's for amazing. this. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, it's good. And it just it's just a fun little stupid ass match. They're all good and all three yeah. guys are great. And, in and that. It, you know what the the funniest part is is like WrestleMania seventeen is known as a show with every match is good. It's it's for a, the most part. For the like I think it has like one not so good match, right? There's the a couple Ch- that the China in. match or whatever. I yeah, think. and I guess people don't really care too much about whatever Perry Saturn was doing. I forget. I don't even remember <laughs> There's that. There's a couple things yeah. Eddie Guerrero test, but... But the point is, is that this actually made it on the list of like, oh, this is a part of the bunch of good matches. Well, yeah. And it's a hardcore match. Yeah. And I don't even, even remember who wins. Kane? <laughs> Kane, yeah. Like, yeah. And Kane wins. And even though the title went on until uh, like later in 2002, that's kind of the end of the glory year for it. But Quinn... So we've talked about the bit of the division. It wasn't long that they really had this style going. Do you think that it it added a certain something to the the weekly product at the time? Yeah, it was like I said, it was WWF's cruiserweight division. That's really what it became. It's, it's what they did that you know because WCW's version was not as good. Well, their hardcore. Oh, division. Their, well, their hardcore was bad. And and likewise, obviously, WCW I, I always, 
blew it away with the cruiserweights. I always will say is that WCW, the minute they failed the hardcore division is when the hardcore division belt was made of gold and it was like had fake cracks. And I'm yeah. like, this is, they're not doing it right. Like, yeah. so, and then there was like movie filmed sex. I'm like, no, no, no. Like this is, I'll go to WWF for my hardcore. Like yeah. I like hardcore. Like, listen, WCW, you had a fucking shot because I would have loved it if there was two of these going on. Well, yeah, I would have been like, oh man, which hardcore division's better, <laughs> right? Like, I would have, I would have eaten this shit up. But the minute that there was like a match where there was like fake, like, like things on fire or something, yeah, like, and it was like it, in a big sandbox. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, this is this is not this is not hardcore. WWF here. What's interesting too, Quinn, is that the name hardcore here is really kind of a misnomer because the WWF version of it, it was more about being fun and stupid. It wasn't really what you'd associate with like kind of the the bloodbaths and the barbed wire Ulti- style hardcore. Ultimately, you know? what they did is they took ECW rules and they just made it comedy. Yeah. That's all they did. It's really the comedy division. Yeah. In all seriousness. They, they, added, they added comedy. They probably, like, you could tell how this was formed, too. Like, you can just look at it and see what it is. Yeah. Like, it's clearly just somebody watching ECW in 95 or something. Like, they saw it then. Yeah. And they, they thought it was really funny when they were using, like, goofy weapons. <laughs> right, like, what right. if we made a whole fucking division out of this? This is, like, all it is. Yeah, you're probably right. Something you know what to I mean? that extent. Do you think there's a place for comedy in wrestling? Yes, I do. I, and I really think that it that's something that's missing is good comedy where it like actually makes you laugh. What do you think that people get so uh down about, you know, when they try comedy stuff these days? I think always the fear is that well, m- two things. A, it's not funny. And B, <laughs> that it will somehow take over the whole like it will get so popular i think that's always why the gut reaction is like this sucks because i they're afraid that this will become the whole company they're that their serious wrestling will be taken away from them and it's a threat that it exists like the 24 7 rule right yeah bunny and all that stuff right yeah wb got a new title a green fucking belt the 24 7 title which is basically the hardcore title just you know doesn't have the fucking name but um I don't like the fucking title, like, at all. I understand. Who cares? In the uh, history of all of wrestling, the comedy has never taken over the whole company. Let's just, like, be clear here. No, I don't really think it that's has why it in never, the major companies. Yeah, that's why it's never been a threat to me. To me, I'm like, I welcome it. Like, please give me 15 minutes in your three-hour wrestling show. That's funny. <laughs> and and that is one key point, though. That's funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it needs to be well done, and maybe there's people, and I haven't seen too much recently myself, but that think it isn't well done the way it used to be. But I, there's I, people that say this was never well done. Here's the thing is that I have seen over the years, um, I've seen it done correctly in the indies. Like I really got a kick out of that, like DDT championship or whatever. Oh, well, that's a whole different universe. Well, right? to me, it was like, it was taking hardcore division to like the next step, like yeah. where it could, like you could fight someone in their dreams and shit. <laughs> like I was like, real, this is though. amazing. Like, <laughs> like the hardcore division is, is, was literally like one step away from that as it was. So it was yeah. like, I was like, I'm glad someone just did this. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that, yeah. like, like animals can win the title and shit. Like, I just fuck it, right? It's yeah, like, fuck who, it, why not? Who gives a shit, Let's right? Let's not even try to suspend disbelief yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's like, to me, that was like the natural, if the hardcore division had survived for like 20 years straight, that's where it would have went. <laughs> my, I, it was the only natural step is like, just, just, it's not even real. It's not, like, even, it, we're not even pretending anymore. Yeah, it's just like, it just, it's whatever the fuck is going on right now winning titles by telekinesis and yeah, stuff yeah, like who that gives a shit? who cares right? anymore yeah. uh, but yeah Quinn, i think this is a nice topic because to sum it up you know i liked it at the time and i think that it did add something different it was at least 
different. You know yeah. what I mean? And it wasn't always good. Let's not pretend it was, but there's some very memorable, fun moments that we got out of this. And we just rattled off several off memory alone, you know? Right. And folks, uh, you know, let us know what you thought of that because it was a fun time and it is unique. And, and even though it was a takeoff, like Quinn said, of maybe ECW's actual hardcore extreme style, yeah. it was done with such levity and very tongue in cheek. And when it was done well, and I think it still can be done well. It really does spice things up. Yeah. I, I think there's something to be said about how it was the right thing at the right time. Yeah. And I don't know. It's a fun I, time. Maybe one day they'll be able to replicate it. But I think in an overproduced world, it's really hard to do. That's I the think thing. also. That's a good point. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's one of those things that it's like you, you really have to have the right guys doing it. The guys that, you know, are going to have a lot of fun with it. And I think that's what they had going on at that point. Oh, it was clearly a lot of fun. Yeah. And folks, you can let us know what you thought of that. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can shoot us an email, OVPPodcast at gmail.com or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, it is not going to be fun. It is getting serious here because we are pulling two more names out of the tank for the Royal Rankings. We're going to see where they rank. It's the Royal Rankings of WrestleMania main events. And that'll be coming up right after this. Yeah. You're the hardcore champ. Yeah. You defend your title 24-7, don't you? Yeah, that's over there, Todd. I'm checking the circus out. You've, you've done it at the laundromat. You've done it You've done it in the hotel. Yeah. And even the circus. Oh, wait a minute. Todd oh. is attacking Chris Holly. It's a referee. Yeah, Todd is to introduce you to the perfect magazine collectible for all retro wrestling fans inside the ropes magazine head over to inside the ropes magazine.com and check out the retro magazine that everyone in the business is talking about it mixes everything you love about pro wrestling with its vibrant colors detailed features exclusive interviews and top quality journalism all delivered with a retro feel and presentation issue seven of inside the ropes magazine is all about the global phenomenon that changed the wrestling business forever hulkamania also they have part two of their epic exclusive interview with the legendary Sergeant Slaughter, where Sarge talks about wrestling Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 7, the Ultimate Warrior situation at SummerSlam, becoming the WWF Commissioner, and his first-hand account of what happened that infamous night in Montreal. This issue also takes a deep look into collectibles with the fascinating history of wrestling sticker albums, documenting their evolution over the years and their surprising longevity. You get all this retro goodness and the latest WWE, AEW coverage and more in issue 7 of Inside the Ropes magazine. Demand for previous issues is already increasing, so make sure you get this collectible cover with the Hulkster before it's too late. So head on over to InsideTheRopesMagazine.com and use code word OVP for a discount on your first issue. That's discount code OVP for a discount on your first issue at InsideTheRopesMagazine.com. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. Episode 217 on Monday, March the 29th, 2021. Quinn, very quick plug. We do have a Patreon. Yeah, we do. We got it. Why do we do it? Uh, Because we like to give you extra content. Yep, that's it. If you want to support us, we give you extra content in return. That's all there is to it. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And there's only two tiers on the $2 tier. 
1983 canon. It's a separate show entirely from this one. The most separate of cans. Yep. <laughs> and we've been going through every WWF Championship Wrestling since January of 82. We are now heading towards the end of 1983. And you can catch up with us for free on this podcast feed or the video version on YouTube. And then you can get all of the new ones on Patreon for just $2 a month. Okay? Wow. It's bargain basement prices. It, it, really. Really, <laughs> it really is. And uh, it's a really fun time. And like we said, it's very different than this show. It's video or audio. Check it out. And then the next highest tier is 5 bucks, and that's it. It caps off there. That's it. It doesn't go much higher than that. No, it doesn't. You not, can, not any more higher than that. Zero more higher than zero that. Zero more higher. <laughs> that, that's our new catchphrase, yeah. right? That's great grammar. <laughs> yeah, the great grammar of OVP here. Yeah. For 5 bucks a month, you get the 83 canon, and you also get, like we said, the monthly WWF pay-per-view reviews. That's once a month you get a full review of every WWF pay-per-view in order out right now, SummerSlam 92, and coming out for April Survivor Series. These are full-length podcasts, usually in the three-hour range, and they're a fun time. So if you like all the old pay-per-views and you like OVP, you might want to hear what we have to say about them, and you can do that on patreon.com slash OVP podcast. If you're interested, give it a shot. If you don't like it, you just cancel. And if you're not interested at all, that's fine, too. We're just happy that you're here with us Yeah, on the weekly show, okay? Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. So, Quinn? Mm-hmm. It is now time for the Royal Rankings, which in case we have any newcomers this week, we might want to explain what that is. What is it? <laughs> well, what it is, is before the season starts, we ask you, the fans over on Facebook, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season, being WrestleMania season, you know, March, April, things like that, we decided we'd do the WrestleMania main events. Totally and appropriate. It's very appropriate. Yeah, most our- appropriate. <laughs> And our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, he takes all of your votes and he compiles them up into two separate tanks. One has the best and one has the worst. And we pull them out two at a time and we alternate each week. Uh, this week is rankings. Next week will be flush. By the end of the season, what you are going to have is the definitive certified ordained, baptized, non-GMO, USDA certified, organic, and healthy best and worst WrestleMania main events of all time. On the board right now, Quinn, let's run them down. At number one, Hogan Andre. Whoa. WrestleMania 3. It's a big boy right there. And I think it's still deserving of that status. Mm -hmm. Number two, The Rock versus Hogan, 18. Very controversial. A little bit. A little bit. Mm -hmm. Number three, The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels from Wrestle 25. I think we should uh, move that up there. I don't uh, think so. You should have fought harder. Number four, Dave Bautista, Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania 30. Love that match. It's Love good. It. It's very good. <laughs> it really is. It the deserves whole- where it is. <laughs> I agree with you. Number five, very close, but number five, Randy Savage, Ric Flair, WrestleMania 8. Yeah. Great. Excellent. Another great match. Excellent. Great story. Number six, I think also deserving of being at the bottom right now. I think it's ranked right. <laughs> yeah. I think it's exactly right. And incidentally, our favorite wrestlers, yeah. me, Bret Hart, Quinn, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 12. Look how 12. unbiased we are. Hey, to be honest, yes. I mean, look, <laughs> look, at, look at that. It's at the bottom. It's good. And uh, we'll get into the criteria in a second. But before we do that, why don't we go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Steve Austin just held the Royal Federation!
Nation title currently held by that man, Ric Flair, and the Macho Man wants it back. Michael's caught him in there. Touchdown. This is what we've all been waiting for. The Mega Powers will explode. It is the Royal Rankings of WrestleMania main events. And Quinn, with only four left in the tank, this is where I think it gets hot and heavy. It gets nitty and gritty. It gets, <laughs> yes, both. Yeah, mm-hmm. both, actually. And it gets serious. And uh, we ran everything down, but in case, again, in case anyone's new, we want to kind of establish what the criteria is, Quinn. It's not just specifically what turned out to be the best wrestling match, right? Agreed. Agreed. What is it? It's an all-encompassing thing? Yeah, it's all-encompassing, like, the build and, of course, the match. The and, execution and, and the angle. How memorable it was and right. that kind of thing. Maybe the impact it had. Yeah. Things like that. It's not specifically what you might rate, you know, star-wise we're not as just the like, best wrestling Yeah, we're match. not just be like, this is a five-star match, right. so it's the best one. Like, Correct. Or Hogan and Andre would not be where it is. Correct. Yeah, it's more of a what, it, what encompasses a good or a memorable WrestleMania main event. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, that's the build, and it's getting to it, and it's finding out who the hell is going to win or wanting to see it. Right. Well, I think, honestly, that's an underrated quality, Quinn. Wanting to see it. Oh, you yeah. Know what I mean? It does matter. The wantage. <laughs> the lack of stinkage and the wantage. Right, the wantage. And then, obviously... When the match delivers, that even adds to the prestige. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, definitely. And then, and then, you know, if it delivers, if you want it that much and it delivers, then it all of a sudden becomes memorable. It's all the pieces fall into place. Correct. So with that said, Quinn, we have our six names on the board. Two more are coming out today. There's some memorable names missing so far. Maybe we'll get some appearances today. Yeah. Why don't we go down to the fans and find out who drew number seven? Steve Austin, The Rock, WrestleMania 17. And Limp Biscuit. And Limp Biscuit. My time or what, what, my way. My what my way or the highway. Now, Quinn, if you had your way, this would be number one, I bet. But 100 percent uh, Okay. It, it, uh, We're not time to so rank good. yet, though. It, like, not time to rank yet. It's so good, Joe. <laughs> okay. So uh the background on this is actually it's kind of cool because it's far reaching. It's one of those yeah. it, it's one of those culminations of, of the entire attitude era. In a lot of ways, yeah. And it starts with uh, The Rock and Steve Austin, in my mind, in 1997. Obviously, this is held at the Houston Astrodome, the Reliant Astrodome, whatever it's called, April 1st, 01, mm-hmm. WrestleMania 17. But we go back to 1997, where Steve Austin had established himself as the big breakout star of that year. Correct. He was on a tear, right? Big face. Bigger man. than Rocky Maivia. Yeah, oh, definitely. Sure. But Rocky Maivia, see, he went down to an injury. And the fans weren't really supporting him much by that point anyway in mid-97. They weren't buying him beating up the Sultan and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, just like, what are we doing, like, right? Who is this guy? His so when, dad's Rocky Johnson. I don't even remember him. Yeah, a lot of fans probably didn't. So when he comes back in the summer of 97, he turns heel and he joins the Nation of Domination. They Rock and Austin don't have much to do with each other until the very end of the year. There's a little bit of a crossover where Austin is going to be moved up to the world title status. Right. And Vince McMahon in character gives Austin gives up the IC belt and Vince gives it to the rock. Right. And that leads to a mini feud, just a little bit of a feud late 97 into 98. What are you going to do? Are you going to fire me? Vince, the rock thinks you should fire him. Stay out of this. You stay out of this. Right. So the rock arrogant champion, um, always, 
always, always. Um, and this is where it really started. He was just great when he turned heel. Yes. Was he not? Like he was. Oh, he was awesome. This was start, uh, the elevation of the Rock. Yeah, the elevation of the Rock. Quinn. I mean, '98 was his breakout year. Definitely. Um, he he started like you said. He started out a little rough. Yeah. Um, with stupid hair and shit and like <laughs> dangling things. I didn't mention the hair. But once he got, once he became the Rock, yeah, and he had an attitude. Right. All of a sudden, it was like, whoa, this guy's like really good. Yep. This guy's like better than most of the fucking people on the roster. That's what it became. And he and Austin stayed away from each other for the most part throughout 98 and then crossed paths uh, at WrestleMania 15. And they actually main evented WrestleMania 15 in a very good match. Yes. For Austin won. It's very good. It's not this their greatest. A, this is such a peculiar thing. It's almost like they went, they had more confidence in The Rock than we did even by that point. Yeah. Like uh, by 15, they were yeah. like, no, 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 we are. We're going all in on the fucking rock. Yep. We know he's the ma- he's the man, right? Yep. And then he turns face shortly after WrestleMania, and again, really kind of stays away from Austin until the very end of the year when they build towards the triple threat for Survivor Series, which would have been Triple H, The Rock, and Austin. Unfortunately, Austin was run over by Fatu, right? Who he did it for the, the Rock and the people and the people. Don't don't forget. I did it for The Rock. I did it for the people. 2000s The Rock's year with Austin on the shelf, right? I mean, The Rock is the face of the company. Mr. Face. face. Yeah. This he acts is what, like an asshole, but he's this, a face. This is when they realized people like this fucking asshole character, just like they like this asshole Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, but The Rock's a different kind of asshole. He's like a, he's a, a, a he's arrogant, an insult comedy. Yeah, arrogant kind of thing. Yeah. But he also is capable of being friendly with other characters like Mankind. When need be. Yeah. yeah. Like, like and He then, saves him at the Rumble. I know like, you love if that. If you earn... The Rock's respect, he'll like actually back you up. Like, yes. like you said, uh, Royal Rumble 2000, that, where he beats the fucking shit out of Triple H yeah. and then saves mankind. It's so good. It is great. Like, my favorite part about that, and I always say it, is like he hits him like he comes off camera. You don't even like see and him come. Fades away. And then he fades away doing his like rock people's elbow dance, <laughs> but like into the background. He's like, fuck you. And he like does, does the people's elbow dance. It, away. Is, it is really good. It's like, that's my fucking friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, so Austin comes back, meanwhile, uh, in the fall of 2000, and around this time, Kurt Angle, like, inexplicably has his hand, and in kayfabe, I mean, inexplicably has his hands on the world it's a, title. It's a weird it time. Very weird. I, I, it, to me, it was like, they went way too fast with Kurt Angle. They did, actually. He's ruthless aggression to me. He's and he's not, great. Yeah. It's nothing against Angle, but that first run was weird. It was just like, whoa, okay, we're getting a little, you know, the <laughs> Rock, trigger happy. You know, the Rock and Stone Cold, they're still here, right? <laughs> yeah. like, like, what that, are we doing? That's like, all. And the whole story with Austin is he was really trying to like regain the fire and become number one again. That's a story they were telling. And finally, by February of 01, all is right as The Rock pins Angle at No Way Out. Enough. Yeah, and gets the title back. And Austin, meanwhile, in January, had won the Royal Rumble. Right. So now we're on the road to WrestleMania 17. It's going to be at a dome for the first time in, what, I guess since uh, WrestleMania 8, right? Been, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. It's going to be at a um, dome. And it's my way or the highway. That's right. This it, is, it's going to be one song. or the other. Yep. It's and, and throughout this whole fucking thing, this song keeps playing. And at first, I didn't get it, right? I was like, why do they keep playing this limp? I guess they got this sponsorship, right? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, as we build to the show, like, we there's this whole thing with Deborah for, like, a minute. Yeah, that's, that's the only, like, an downer. unnecessary this, thing. What I like about it is that it's only for, like, part of it. And then, like, it's like, no, this shit's fucking serious. Yeah. Like, enough of this messing with your wife stuff, right? Like, it's yeah. like, no, I hate you. 
I don't care about that. Like, fuck you, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was really weird that they inserted that odd angle where it was basically like Vince or somebody made Deborah the Rock's manager and it was just unnecessary. Right. But, but, well, it was to fuck with the Rock. Yeah, but all that aside, right? Yeah. I think one of the more memorable things of the build was that sit-down interview with JR and then Austin and the Rock. Two other greatest stars in the WF. And Austin's classic line. I need to beat you up. I need more than anything that you can ever imagine. This starts to explain to us, like, okay, what, what the fuck, like, what is this about, right? right? And it's, it's that Austin, essentially, the rise of the rock has, like, kind of put him to the side. It's made but him a little Stone, paranoid. Right. But Stone Cold, on the other hand, I love this because this highlights what we always knew about Stone Cold. Even it brings us back to, like, pre, like, before he was, like, the big star or whatever when yeah. he, like, hated Bret Hart. Back to late 96. Where it's, like... No, the Stone Cold character is driven by being the best wrestler in WF. Always That's has always been. has been, always will be. And yep. it's like, now that he's not, and now that the, like it brings back that old like drive, yeah. right? It's like, I'm the best. Yep. Damn it. And I really think that one line from Austin that I mentioned really does capture the story they were telling so well, which is, can Steve Austin defeat The Rock? To win the title, that's how that's how simple this is, right? But so I complex li- with I the like, background, yeah. And I like that they also like after the Deborah shit's done, which again, admittedly, is <laughs> it's, it's only for like a it's like a, a week or weeks, two. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's just it was just like one thread in this in this thing that really was trying to encapsulate like three years or whatever, yeah. right? Like it's just one little thing yep. for like five minutes on Raw. <laughs> it just gets to make it into the My Way segment <laughs> because it was recently. Yeah, but anyway. What I really like is that they, how little they did with The Rock. Like, they didn't need to. He just needed to be there. Yep. They didn't try to shoehorn some nonsense into it. And that's what was actually surprisingly smart about the whole thing, right? And man, on paper and in practice, this is a hell of a main event. Steve Austin versus The Rock at a WrestleMania? Part two. Part two, yeah. The second in their trilogy. So obviously WrestleMania 17 happens and the crowd is great and we all know that there's a lot of great stuff at that WrestleMania. We don't need to like go through the whole card. Yeah. So already going into this match though, that does matter. It because, matters, yeah. Because the WrestleMania is so good that you get to this last match and you're like, man, how could it get any better? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like when a card is that good already and you get to the last match, how could it even like I mean TLC was at this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. Like, that's what I'm trying Bobby to say. Bobby Heenan was at this. Bobby Heenan, the gimmick battle royal, <laughs> yeah. the fucking hardcore thing we talked about earlier in this show. Yeah, there's that a lot Jericho of Jericho versus Regal. Triple H versus The Undertaker. Yeah, that match is awesome. <laughs> is. And I don't even like Triple H. <laughs> So, you know that's you know what the, that by the way just on a side yeah great choice to put Triple H not in the main event See, it just, always works like Undertaker just contains him yep like can we just have Undertaker keep him under control over there anytime Triple H isn't in the main event at WrestleMania yeah. it's fine yeah it's good everyone's okay with mm-hmm. it so anyway we get to the final match world title and Austin's in front of his home state right. Both guys are faces, but the crowd is not having the rock. Obviously, you know, they're they're cheering us and they're booing the well, rock. We're in Houston. We're in let's, Houston. Let's be honest here. And Vince McMahon or somebody had apparently added the stipulation that there was no DQ right before the match. We find out it's no DQ, no so, count out. So this, I, first of all, I love how this is executed, right? All of a sudden, the Fink just says this. Yep. Right? 
JR and Heyman are like, what the fuck? Like, both of them are like legit. Like, I, wait, what? When did they add that? This wasn't on a, on a sheet here. <laughs> well, you know, JR. <laughs> you know, JR. It doesn't matter. They, they, this is about hate. And they hate each other. Nothing can contain it, JR. Like, Vague Paul Heyman quotes might be my yeah, new favorite thing. It's, it's not this even, is about a vendetta. Yeah, it's like, you know how he is yeah, at that show. He's he probably. Very- you probably said none of this, but yeah, it makes sense. It, it, that, you, you can see that in your head. This is years of hate between two guys who don't like each other. Right, exactly. I don't like you. Where's King? Anyway. <laughs> you're not King. Where is she? You're not King. Wait a minute. You're not King. <laughs> Just realizes it. That'd be amazing if that thread was actually in the show. Wait, wait a second. You're not King. Yeah. Anyway, we get to the main event. And it is a long match, which deservedly so. I'm not going to gripe about that. It's okay that it's really long. It's the... well. In this case, it should it's the fucking main event. Yeah. Like, let's be real here. It should get the most fucking time. Normally I get a little I get a little grumpy if like a main event of the WrestleMania goes more than like 20, 22, 25, but there's a lot of story in this it, one. It's okay that it was as long as it was, honestly. And I will say this, uh, like you're saying that right now. Yeah. This match, because of how it is and how it's built and how the whole years and years of storyline occur. This is one of those rare instances where I give this match a lot of like passes on, things it, on what it's doing yeah. because I understand what it means in the long term and the attitude era. It is like it really is the blow off to an entire era of wrestling. Like sure. it really does meet that standard sure. and it deserves all the time it wants. It deserves to do whatever the fuck it needs to do to like show you how fucking great it is like it, it, it i don't care like all my quinn rules are out of the out the window okay. on this one that's, that's how i've always felt about it that's fair quinn i mean it's a it's a brawl there's some technical in it there are callbacks to previous matches austin even busting out the million dollar dream no, the, the wrestling moves that actually happened in this are part of my they're like it's good one of my favorite things because they are trying every single thing on each other that they ever had since like 1996. They right? do each other's finishers. They do each other's finishers. They're kicking out. And my in my kayfabe brain head here is like my my idea was well they, they're bracing themselves for it because they like fought each other so right. right like attitude. This is the whole attitude era come to a head. It's like you you got to really beat the shit out of yeah. someone to like finish them off because they're both like final bosses. You know, yeah, they they're have in the their same whole, rating. They're like in their final. It's like Dragon Ball. Yeah. They both have like five thousand or right, whatever. Like right. they're they're really strong here. And then the ending happens, and we know what the ending is, right? Vince McMahon appears on the scene and helps Steve Austin beat the shit out of the rock so, with a chair. Right. So this is this is what I like about this. And this is it, what most it, people don't. What I don't. So first of all, Vince helps. But can I, the the one thing I want to say about that first of all is that the rock doesn't immediately go down like a schmuck once Vince is helping. Correct. That's what's so interesting about it is that Vince helps and then it doesn't fucking work. Rock's like, no, I'm still like, I have my fucking 9,000 power level here. Fuck you. And he just like kicks out. And Austin does this thing. They show you that he's like truly changed into a hill, right? Yep. Where he picks up the chair. He kind of like looks at it or whatever. And he says, ah, ah, ah. And he just like beats, he just keeps doing it. Ah, 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 ah. Like, and like, and he just keeps doing it. And Vince is like, ah, 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 ah. you know what I mean? Like, he's like, I, I've never seen like the way it was done is that it like, no, it would take like repeated, like in a row, 
fucking sustained chair shots to beat the rock in this form. You'll right? never he, see that again, by the no, way. No, no, like <laughs> he did something logical, as dumb as it sounds. It's like you'd be like, Well, fuck you, I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you repeatedly until you go the fuck down. Right. Like, if you're trying to kill a bug, you just have to step on him multiple times. Yeah, exactly. It's you know? like that. And, just, and he finally wins and the rock's just like dead. Yeah. Because he just he finished him off like there was no way to come back from right. that. Right. It just makes sense, right? Right. And then at the end, JR is so mad. He is so pissed, and Vince and Austin shake hands. Yes. He's and shaking it, hands with Satan, you know, and yeah. all that. And it's such a apropos ending to the Attitude Era, is I, that Austin and Vince would just, you know what? We can't beat each other. Fuck it. We'll join it, each yep. other. And that's the end. It's like it's like them shaking hands to me is like the the, the end title card <laughs> to the Attitude. Like it. Roll credits. Fuck it, right? Like it's about to suck now. It, it's not even. A, it's about to suck. <laughs> well, it's like it a, it's like a dark ending to a dark era. Uh, you yeah, know what I, I mean? Guess like, it's the opposite of the feel good ending as we were used to. Exactly. It's not Hogan riding into the sunset. Well, and some people I might, might retire or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> rough stuff. Yeah. Some people might hold that against the Quinn. And when we get to ranking time, we'll discuss those things. But I love the ending. I don't care what okay, anyone okay, says. Okay. But we'll see where it ranks. I think it is a. Uh, an all-time storyline, all-time yeah. main event at an all-time WrestleMania. None of it is my favorite thing that they ever did, but it's something I do like, and we will get more into uh, where its place should be on the uh, board here once we rank. But, Quinn, we have another one coming out of the woodwork now. Let's wanna, do it. Want to find out who drew number eight? Let's do it. The mega powers explode. There's another big boy here, huh? WrestleMania 5, another one with rich history in it. Yes. Another uh, big feud, Quinn. Great buildup. Excellent buildup. Excellent buildup. Should we do the Cliff Notes version? Yeah, Cliff Notes. Okay. By 1985, Hulk Hogan had established himself, Quinn. He was the WWF champion over a year at this point. Mm -hmm. Hulkamania was here. WrestleMania had happened. But in June of 85, a brash newcomer, fresh out of Memphis, Storms onto the scene, the likes of which we had not seen in the WWF. He's very good. And what is the first thing that Macho Man Randy Savage does and says when he gets there? I don't like you, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Fuck you, and I'm going to be the champion. Like, F you, I'm better. Better than the best. <laughs> it is inevitable, Hulk Hogan and Tito Santana. I'm talking to you now, and I'm talking to you in your dreams, and I'm letting you know that it's going to happen. Fresh out of the gate, like... No, I'm better than Hulk Hogan. Didn't even like wrestle yet. Like it's like no, I'm just like well, who is this loser? I'm the best wrestler in WF. Like obviously, and that's look all these managers and want to manage me. <laughs> and then he gets Liz, which as Bruno says, is that some kind of movie star? Right. Oh my goodness! Is this a movie star? Who is this? And this does lead to a Hogan Savage feud on the house show loop throughout late '88 into early '86. And then Hogan moves on to other opponents. Savage wins the IC title. But what you and I have always talked about, and obviously Hogan wins these matches. And if he doesn't, Savage beats him maybe by count out or DQ a few times. But what you and I always talk about, Quinn, is even once Savage wins the IC title in 1986, anytime Hogan's name comes up in a promo throughout 86 and in 87, mm -hmm. he still like feels necessary to mention, like, no, I'm better. 
I'm the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. You're not. It's, <laughs> it's, it's true. He, he is obsessed with being better than this guy. <laughs> like, throughout, even though he's the IC he, champion. He's very much like he does that Austin thing that yeah. we were talking about, where it's like, no, no, no. I know I'm the best wrestler. Yeah. Like, that. that's not even a question. Right. Like, the Intercontinental title, that's just because, like, it was available. Right. Like, I, I clearly, like, I just kicked Teo Santana's ass, yeah. and, like, I'm the champion. That's Fuck it. everyone. And then, obviously, Savage goes on to have a great reign as IC champion mm-hmm. in 287. Steamboat beats him for it. Which, you know, a great way to go out as IC oh, champion. God. Like, um, yeah. In that match? To me, that set him up. That set him up for what we're t- about to talk about here. Correct. And the best thing is, is once Honky Tonk Man... <laughs> wins the IC title on like the big fluke you know the big upset this is what's great is Honky then proclaims himself the best champion and there's one thing you don't do to Randy Savage it's say that you're better than him no this is a guy who literally constantly says better than the best right better than the I'm better than the best so fuck this, them all I'm better than the best so this turns Savage face and the crowd had already been wanting to cheer him anyway so that's how we get the Savage face turn in the summer of 87 and it leads to a big match against Honky Tonk Man on the October 3rd, 87, Saturday Night's main event. And obviously, this is notable because when Honky is uh, fighting Savage, the Heart Foundation from out of nowhere storm in, beat the shit out of Savage with Honky, break a guitar over his head, shove down well, Elizabeth. Yeah, Liz tried to stop it. She gets shoved down. The white dress so that they'd make her look all innocent, yep, remember? Of course. Like, like, and then she runs out, she runs back, and she's like, Ow, Hulk, or whatever. And we always love about how she's dragging Hogan out. And Hogan's, like, clearly there. And he's, like, looking around like he doesn't know. Where am I? Is this wrestling? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Why does he look so good? He's, like, in the arena. I love it, though, because it's big, stupid moves for the NBC audience. You know, like, yeah. big, broad. And, and he's, like, King now Kong. I see. Or, when, like, he, he, the way he looks, he's, like, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They're doing a bad thing. Yeah, like, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's so basic. Yeah. It's, like, children's programming. Right, yeah. And I love it. Yep. I don't care. Mm-hmm. So he clears the ring, helps Savage out, and we have, for the first time ever between these two bitter rivals of like two years, a handshake. We could be seeing the meeting of the madness and the mania. Yes, there it is. This capacity crowd is electric. And then we get to WrestleMania 4, and obviously Hulk Hogan has a match against Andre. Big rematch. Double DQ, whatever the hell it is. Savage wins, and Hogan's there to help him because, you know, to be fair to Hogan helping him out, Andre the Giant, Virgil, DiBiase, they're all giant pains in the ass during this. I don't like them. They're very annoying. Yes, Hogan uses a chair. Yes, but you know what? He doesn't give a shit. He's been screwed. Yeah. He's done. And Savage was getting the screw also. He was like, you know what? I'm not standing for this again. Right. Fuck this shit, right? Gotta be a man. I can't let it slide, this, <laughs> right. especially this time. Especially this time. We can't We can't let it go to this million-dollar man guy. No, the multi-million dollar he man. He stinks. Can't let it happen. That would be a disgrace to the belt. <laughs> exactly. He's doing it for the belt. <laughs> exactly. So then Hogan, Liz, and Savage celebrate. Everything's fine. Then in the summer of 88, Savage, who had been feuding with DiBiase, Andre's still helping DiBiase out, right. and Savage is like, you know, I need a partner here. And Hogan and Bigani was making a no-holds-barred. He brings in Hulk Hogan, and thus, Quinn, we have the Mega Powers. The Mega Powers. And a, a team of two wrestlers that never lose. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless to each other, right? Yeah. And they're going to take on the Mega Bucks, SummerSlam 88. 
Mega Powers win, obviously. Liz, the secret weapon, the takes pa- off her skirt. The panties. The panties. It breaks the heels. Yeah, they, they were like, wait, what? It's a- <laughs> and they, I, I always thought it was funny that they like felt the need to like really establish it. No, Liz is good, too. She's yeah. just as good as the Mega Powers. Yeah, it's like, wait, what? Just it, in a different way. Yeah, it's like she just uses other means. I do like that it also breaks Jesse Ventura also. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> He's it just, just like, wow. It's so, so funny. Yeah, it's so silly. Anyway, at the end of that, there's a slight look by Savage because Hogan had a slight touch on Elizabeth. Right. And Savage gives him a little bit of a look, but nothing's really said. Everything's fine. Yeah. Was just, he was just like, wait, what? It's like the end of like Taxi Driver where he like looks in the mirror or whatever. <laughs> it's go. like, it's that shit. Wow. Yeah. Good reference there, Michael. And anyway, that part's always weird to me in that it, movie anyway. The look? Yeah. yeah. And then it just, the movie's over. Yep. It's like, what, what was what? that about? Like, we get to the fall of 88, and Liz now has been managing both Hogan and Savage, not only in tag competition, but also in singles. So Hogan has now inherited Liz as his manager, which I don't really like, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Liz I, managing Hogan. I hate it. It's very, <laughs> Just like the, it's very uncomfortable. Her hair changes slightly it's during it. It's a little it. fluffier. It's like updo or whatever. <laughs> I, I'm just like, what? this is not Miss Elizabeth. She is not with Hulk Hogan. F this crap. I don't, I don't like, like it. it. I feel weird about it, right? Yeah. It just feels uncomfortable. Yeah. She's going to make sure Hulkamania runs wild. But the Mega Powers are fine, and they go into the Survivor Series, and they win their Survivor Series match, you know, in the main event there. But Hogan, again, a little a little touchy here. Maybe he's just stupid and it's clueless. It's gotten a little bit more touchy. Let's yeah. Put it this way. Now Savage is kind of like, what, what, what are is you doing, it? man? What it, it's like he's not want to break up with him just no, yet, no. but he's just kind of like, dude, like, <laughs> that's my girlfriend. What, are you, what the yeah. fuck? What are you like, doing? Yeah. Get to the Royal Rumble. Now, Hulk Hogan, who in later years would get extremely upset when eliminated by a friend. Yeah, of course. He eliminates Randy Savage okay. in the 89 Rumble. Yep. Um, now, well, it's fair when Hulk Hogan does right, it. It's always correct. Savage rightfully is a little miffed because this wasn't like it was the end of the match or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, they could have like teamed up and cleaned house and, cleaned and then house. maybe fought at the end or correct. something, right? It's a little different yeah. than what would happen to Hogan a few years later. But hey, it is every man for himself, so I get Hogan's point of view too. Fair enough, but right? Savage, yeah, fair enough. But Savage is like, no, we're still the Mega Powers. We're okay, right? It's just the way it goes. Just the way it goes. We have a match on, I believe it's Saturday Night's main event around the same time. They're superstars. I can't remember. I'm sorry. It's Hogan versus either Bossman or Akeem. Right. And the whole time, Savage is backstage on a monitor with Mean Gene. Yeah, and it's like dark. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're already alluding to, like, he's gonna. he's got, like, the stripy shirt right, on. And right. he's... It's like, I don't know, me, Gene. I'll let him, I'll let him work it out. Or yeah, whatever, basically, right? Yeah. right? Like, Hogan's getting double teamed at one point by the Twin Towers. And, yeah. and Savage is like, no, he's okay. And Mean Gene's like, oh, oh, come on, Randy Savage. Aren't yeah. you going to help him? No, Hulk Hogan can you handle himself. You don't think it's time, Randy <laughs> Savage? Yeah. Like, you know, like. We have to hurry. They're hurting him. No, no, no. He's going to no, be okay no, right here. He's going to be okay. No. Hey, wait a minute. Look at there. But then Liz gets caught up in now this. Now it's fucking time. Savage chase storms out yeah, of the he chair. He fucking runs. <laughs> like, it's like, fuck, yay, no, not Liz, not Liz. He still cares about Liz. Yeah, well, that's all that fucking matters to him, really. <laughs> right. He doesn't want to admit that. Right, But of that's course. what's important to him. Correct. And then we have, obviously, the main event two, February of 89. Oh, boy. Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage. Vince McMahon reads a newspaper <laughs> or something. Against the Twin Towers. And we know what happens here. Randy Savage falls on Liz in one of the a tremendous visual where he's tossed out of the ring on Again, Liz wearing like a wedding dress or something. <laughs> like they always anytime it's a Liz like is getting beat up thing or That's, whatever, like or she gets hurt, not beat up. It's always like white dress. Is Have that you ever the puffy noticed, one? 
um, this is the one that has the weird like neck thing the going on. Yeah, it's like what? Yeah, who wears that to like a wrestling match? Right. Like, it's like- <laughs> now Hulk Hogan. Listen, I want to say that his heart's in the right place because he cares. It's a little much, Joe. It's a little dramatic, though. Let's be honest here. This is like scared Hogan times a thousand. And it's like for not really any reason other than like two people ran into each other by accident. He carries her in his arms to the back, like crying. Yeah, she got like the wind knocked out of her. Yeah. Like essentially, like it's not... Like, seriously, dude? He should, What he should have done is, like, brought her right to the EMTs and then went back and helped his partner out. Right. Meanwhile, Randy Savage getting beat up. Hulk Hogan's like, oh, God, Miss Elizabeth. Oh, oh, he didn't mean it. He oh, didn't mean it. Like, and it's Randy like, didn't mean it? What, what, what is, is that? It? Why is he saying that? It's like he meant it. <laughs> right. It didn't look like he meant it. Didn't Akeem do it? Yeah, Akeem did it. It's not, like, intentional. No. Like, he was trying to get back up, and Akeem ran into him. Like, it was like, no shit, right? Like he he's trying to set up some shit. Yeah, like he's trying to he's trying to stir the pot, and I don't like that. And Savage, like as if Savage did this intentionally. Savage, meanwhile, is watching Hogan run to the back, and he's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, and, well, he he does the "What the fuck?" and then like Boss Man Arkane <laughs> just like hits him in the back of the fucking head and beats yeah. the shit out of him. Right, so he's got no choice now to still be in the match. He, he's he getting his even, ass kicked. He, he's he, not even a choice, but like he can't even physically like right. get the fuck up and help. So Hogan makes a big fuss back there. Finally, Liz is like, where's Randy? First thing she asked, by the way. Yeah. Where's Randy? Exactly. Oh, he's mad. He's getting his ass kicked, Elizabeth. She's like, go help go him. Go help like, him. What are you buckhead. doing? Like, why Why are you here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like Miss Elizabeth's like, why is he here? Like, what? Like, why is he doing this? Right. So Hogan goes back and Hogan uh, helps Savage out. But then Savage is like, what the fuck, dude? And he slaps him in the face and jumps over the rope and leaves. And honestly... <laughs> I can't blame him because first, He's had of enough. All, because first of all, here's the thing is we know that he, he does care about Miss Elizabeth, even though he'll never say it. Right. He, he likes her, though. He, he likes her. Right. So the, the, he slaps this fucker in the face. Right. And then he immediately goes back to Miss Elizabeth, checks on her. And he's like, that motherfucker, we're not talking to him anymore. He's a piece of shit. Like he fucked us over. Right. Like. Now, he does start getting a little loud with Liz. Right. We, because Liz is like, no, 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 yeah, Randy. Voice of reason. Yeah. Hogan wins the match. Of course he does. We all know that. And Hogan confronts Savage in the back. And Savage finally unleashes everything he's been feeling for these past several months. Probably yeah. three years, really. Right. Yeah. He never really liked exactly. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He cared about Liz. He cared about the world title. He never liked Hogan. No. And then he's uh, accusing Hogan of being jealous. And obviously those eyes lost Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. You didn't come at me like a man. You're jealous because I'm the World Wrestling Federation champion now. And I'm going to be a long time from now. Listen, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. No, I'm going to tell you what you're wrong about more than anything else. No, I'm going to tell you what you're wrong about more than anything else. I can take anything. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Those eyes right there. Those eyes lost Elizabeth. Was he wrong? I don't know about that. The point is, the kind of is semi-ambiguous because like Hogan also is kind of level-headed. He's like, listen, you're overreacting. Calm down. Like, Hogan's not trying to fight Says him. Says the guy who was just overreacting. I know, I know. Like, I know, I know oh, I know. God. I know. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, see, here's one heel thing that Savage does. Mm-hmm. He does toss Elizabeth to the ground. That was the moment where they were signaling, like, no, he's the bad person, oh, right? Like that. Right. Yeah. I. It was. There's no, like, defending it. He just, he, he, he lost his fucking temper and, yep. he, and he threw, threw her to the ground. Yeah. And that's not cool. You know, yeah. you shouldn't do that. A honky-tonk man did that to Liz. Right. Savage didn't like he it. He became the very thing he detested. There say. you go. And then stupid Brutus. Oh, that's the best part. Fuck him. Oh, I love you, Hulk. Fuck. Like, what the fuck? Like, get out of here. 
Like, wh- who are you? What do you have to do with this? That is the best part. That he's like, what are you doing, man? Boom. Sam just nails him. And, and everyone's like, good. Like, he stinks. I know. Like, he's so annoying. <laughs> So now we're on the road to WrestleMania 5 where Hulk Hogan's going to take on Randy Savage for the world title at the Trump Plaza. And leading up to it, there's this whole big thing about like which corner is Liz going to be in, which shouldn't be a question. Yeah. But I guess she's not really trusting of Randy after he tossed her to the ground right. and been yelling at her. So Should she be in anyone's corner, really? Yeah, but just don't show up. Yeah, just let them fight and just <laughs> right. watch in the back. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, she's like, I'm going to be in a neutral corner. Okay, fair enough. And this just makes it worse. Can I just say that? I don't this, like this. this is a Poor decision by Miss <laughs> Elizabeth. So we get to WrestleMania 5, and this is a another one where we talked about Rock Austin. Mm-hmm. On paper, when you hear these two names, right? Mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage for the world title at WrestleMania. What the fuck, man? I mean, that that's a main event. Right. It really is. No, it had the misfortune of being held in the... Uh, dump plaza. <laughs> the dump plaza, which, what are you going to do? Right. That was what it was. And I will say the crowd was better at five than they were at four. At least True. the crowd's Fair better. Enough. Yeah. Gorilla and Jesse on the call, which is perfect. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The the voice of the early WrestleManias. And the match is good. Right. It's a good brawl. It's dramatic. At one point, like midway through, Liz has been like a hindrance to the whole thing. And Dave Hebner's like, can you leave? Which was, was good. Yeah. He's just the right get, move. She needs to go. Get out of here. Hogan gets a little color. Gets a little cut under over his eye, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. A little blood flowing in there. Savage kind of handily kicking his ass for the most part towards right. the end, right? They don't make him look like a schmuck no. until the end. Until the end. Savage lands a flying elbow. It's over, right? Yeah, nobody's kicked out of this except George Steele at WrestleMania 2. Uh-oh. Yeah, and I'm sure Hogan did on the house shows. I don't mm-hmm. remember, but he probably did. It's the way he kicks out is that I don't like. One kick out. Yeah. <laughs> kick out, Hulk up, big boot, leg drop. Over. Fuck Fuck you. And <sighs> now that's how Hogan won his matches, though, to be fair. Like, it, retrospectively, it looks schmuckish. But that is just how Hogan won wrestling matches it's the back first then. time he does it on a big, big stage. That's what really is upsetting about it. Kicks out of a finisher, you mean. And this trend never goes away. It just doesn't after this. This is like, this is where the, the he has turned the corner on, like, he starts, he starts to veer down the annoying path. This is At the this first point. seeds of it. Yeah. It gets this, much worse later. Right. This isn't like the worst yet. I'm saying this is where it started. Now, would you, I don't know what you rated this match, but you would say this is a very satisfying overall it's a good match, main event, yeah. right? It is. I don't know, Quinn. Again, we'll discuss more in ranking time. I don't know that it's even my favorite Hogan and Savage match, specifically within the ropes, I mean, because I really like their house show stuff from 85 Me 86. Too. I really do. However, this is obviously the biggest match they had, so yeah. you can't take that away We'd from We'd be it. remiss to mention that this match also has a weird post thing where Sensational Sherry gets involved. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And that leads to uh, Sherry becoming Savage's manager. Um, like, like at WrestleMania. Yeah, like, it didn't air on WrestleMania but 5, they showed but they it. show it's it. Yeah. In the interview zone or yep. whatever, and then Sensational Sherry, like, what the fuck? She just, like, inserts herself into this. <laughs> it is an interesting Randy po- Savage is good! <laughs> therefore. Therefore, I will be his manager now. <laughs> fuck Miss Elizabeth. Overall, though, I'd say that from start to finish, if you go all the way back to 85, it really drew upon the character of Randy Savage and his paranoia and his obsession with being the best, mm-hmm. his obsession with Liz. It played upon Hogan being Hulk Hogan. <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, that's not saying a good well, thing. Well, no, because I mean, much like The Rock just having to be there, you know, for 17, Hogan just needed right. to be there for this. Savage did the heavy lifting 
in the storyline. I thought both guys were great at this match. I think the promos leading up to it from both guys are great. It is the epitome of a classic, like old school comic book style WWF WrestleMania main event, and it deserves a lot of credit. It may even be a little bit overlooked occasionally. We'll have to see. I think so. It, it might is a be. little overlooked, yeah. So is it ranking time? Yes. All right, I'm going to run them down one more time real quick here. Hogan Andre, number one. Rock Hogan, number two. Number three is Undertaker Sean Nichols. Number four, Batista Orton, Daniel Bryan. Number five, Savage and Flair. Number six, Brett and Sean. Quinn with Rock Austin. I think we can quickly hop it over Brett and Sean. Yep. Are we going to hop it over Savage Flair? Yep. Are we going to hop it over Batista Orton and Bryan? Yes. Okay. 100%. Does it face some competition, though, against Undertaker and Sean? This is its first test. Okay. This first test. Now, Rock Austin, we've extolled the virtues of. It was the culmination of oh, the Attitude Era. An era. Yeah. However, most people would say that that's not a good thing, that the Attitude Era symbolically well, ended with Steve Austin turning heel. Here's the thing, is that that wasn't the intent. I know. But I think, I think that's a good thing about this match, and I'll tell you why. is because I think that this proved how good it was because it culminated in an era. It wasn't... Like, when I was, when I was building up to the match... I didn't feel that. But as it was occurring and as I was seeing it happen, even I knew, like I could feel it. I was like, wow, this is so big. Like, and it just keeps escalating as the match goes on, right? It just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like he's doing the fucking million dollar dream. Rock's doing a stunner. Rock's kicking out of this. Stone Cold's kicking out of that. Like, this is crazy. Like, and they're so closely matched. That's the thing is why I get mad with the Hogan shit, is because with the Hogan shit, right, it's like he just gets the fuck up and like, oh, fuck you, and then it's over, right? (laughs) Yeah, but it's a different era, though, Quinn. Right. I think that this, I know, I know, but I think that this match, it really says a lot that the only way they could could finally end it was to just get a weapon involved (laughs) and like really, and not even that just did it. It's just like more and more, like like I said, it's just, it's just mounting escalation. Like, even just the initial weapon shot is not enough. Like, it's just escalate, escalate, escalate until this just crescendo with this fucking ending that is so shocking that it just ends an era. Like, it's weird. And I, yep. I, I love it. It's, like, weirdly, like, artistic for WWF. Like, stupid. I know that's very stupid. But, like, the idea of this, like, these two fucking awful people shaking hands at the end. And just like, hmm. and and that's it. Like, that's your attitude, Ara. And it's like, wow. It's like, I, I don't know. I just think it's such a, it's such a great piece. These are all good points. I don't like it, though, the ending. You don't? I, do, I understand why they did it. Yeah. I do understand it. But for me personally, and this is just my personal preference, to me it signaled an era of things ending on a downer much more. You know, we, we went in eventually to the Triple H heel run where the heels won a lot, you know, and then even Austin and Triple H became this dominant heel team and it feel like it just feels like things never felt as fun for to a period me, of time. This to me always felt like this is the ultimate shades of gray ending to this era, meaning that it's like Austin had a reason. Like it wasn't just like he's yeah, I understand. A dick. Like you know I what I mean? It. Like it's like it, at the end of the day, all that matters is 
who's the champion, who's the best in it by any means necessary. And I think that that captures everything that the Attitude Era was, whether you like the ending or not. It reflects what it is. It's fair. Like, th- you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that obviously what happened after April 1st, 2001 is beyond their control in terms of the invasion angle being done so poorly and they were already all the like, other things happening. They were already kind of like damned if they do, damned if they don't because there was no more competition. Yeah. The competition collapsed. The competition was at WrestleMania 17 in the press in the skybox. Exactly. So um, they were kind of like, you know what? It's like let's move on to a new era. Like enough fair, like enough already. Like it, there's no there's nothing left to say because we've beaten W so it's over. Yeah. That's it's not like, a good thing though. I know it's not a good thing, but I think it was done well. The fact that we could even identify at the time that it was the end of an era says that it was done so well. You know what I mean? Like, that's something you usually can't identify. Like, people during the Hulk era couldn't identify that, you know, it really kind of ended around six-ish. And I think they could identify that. I mean, they WWF beat you over the head with it. Right, but it didn't really because, like, the next day, like, Hulk Hogan's fighting fucking earthquake and shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not this, like, slow fade. It's, like, this more, like, abrupt, like, this is the bookend. And I love it. I I don't. I love it so much. But I I like everything else about how they got there and the execution of the match. But, listen, Undertaker Shawn Michaels, match-wise, is comparable in the way it's paced and the way it's done. It's probably the best match. It's the best one on here. That's, like, in a main event slot. Undertaker Shawn is the best match on here. It's, it's, yeah, it is. It didn't lead to anything other than a rematch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all it did in terms of lasting impact, is it led to them doing it again the next year, which is okay. (sighs) Man. Look, I love Undertaker Shawn, Mm -hmm. but Rock Austin is a culmination of something, and it's also for the world title. Yep. I think so. With that said, I'll put it above it. I I want it to be known, though, that I do think that Undertaker Sean is the best wrestling match on here on this list. I absolutely do. So, absolutely. Please don't write in saying that. You know, that's not to say. That's (laughs) not to say the match that's going over it. I always rated that match five stars. I I I, I don't know. I don't know what I would rate so much. I, I don't know if it's. It's never been my favorite anything. None of this is. None of the Rock so, Hulk, Austin stuff is. This is the only Rock Austin match that I think is is like it's exceptional. The best one. It's like, the best one. Rock Hogan. Here's the, here's a problem we run into <laughs> here. Okay. Rock Hogan. What it has going for it mainly are two big things: the fact that it's Hulk Hogan returning to the WWF, mm-hmm. and the crowd. Yep. We all can agree that within the ropes, obviously, it's not a great wrestling. It's not a great wrestling match, but that's not the only criteria. It's not the point. The no. story they told in the ring and the fun that it is to watch this is great. Rock Austin is very serious. It's a very bloody match. Mm-hmm. It's a culmination of things, right? I prefer to watch Rock Hogan all day long. I don't need to watch Rock Austin ever again in my life, honestly. Yep. So, what are you thinking here? Here's my here was here's always my thought on rock hogan yeah and wrestlemania 18 as a whole yeah it is it, it, part of it here right yeah wrestlemania 18 is like wrestlemania 17 junior like it always felt that way yeah. it always felt like it's just trying to up the ante of what set how good 17 was i know that sounds weird but even look at the fucking logo it's like everything about it is like it's very the, similar in tone it's, yeah. it's, it's the same it's like a sequel it's samey right and while I love Rock Hogan, that match really saved the show because it's not 
the greatest WrestleMania ever or anything. It's not. I mean, it's got Angle Kane. It's got a few RVD Regal. It's got some good stuff. Yeah, and I know, I know that that's not all what we're talking about the match here. But I feel like, man, like if if this if Rock and Hogan is the true main event of WrestleMania 18, which it pretty much is, right? In people's minds, it is, and that's yeah. why we were allowing it to get votes. And and you know this this match we're talking about Rock Austin yeah. is the is the main event of 17. I can't even like that's not even a question to me. Like, but you're talking to a guy who really really likes that match. Like, that, oh, no. that to me, like this as much as I loved it. It was like a continuation. It wasn't what the what the last year was. It was just like the last year was just like that shit blew me the fuck away. Like I, I really I don't know. Like I've watched that match so many times and I'm always so entertained by Austin Rocket at, at seventeen. See, like, I feel the same way about Rock Hogan at eighteen. That's the thing. I've watched that a lot of times too. Yeah. It's just there's something about the the um the Austin Rock match. It brings me back. Like I remember I was like, I think I was like in the basement of my house and I was like really, or I was in the sunroom, one or the other, it depends <laughs> on which house. But the point is, is I remember being in one of those rooms and I remember just being like, I couldn't tell who's going to win. Sure. Like I was like, big deal. I was like, this is crazy. Like he just did that. And then he did this. And I, my mind was being blown. I didn't think you could like do, they were like breaking rules that I didn't even realize were rules until I saw this. Yeah, I mean, between the ropes, Quinn, from a technical or whatever standpoint, it's clearly more than Rock Hogan, but sometimes less is more, in my opinion. And I think there's a certain succinctness to Rock Hogan that I really appreciate. The uh, build was better to Rock Austin. Absolutely. Without question. But one could argue that you don't need build when you have Hulk Hogan coming back. True. You know? But, I mean, it yeah. is the guy that sold the first nine WrestleManias, Michael. I just, I just really think that, that it's not even... This is this is like not even a question, and this is this is the result of Undertaker and Sean being below this. Like, I, the, is I that I now I get to now I get to this, and I just I know for sure that that Rock and Austin is better than this. Like, it, it can't not be. It just is. I think you like it more. I don't know if it means it's better, but I think we have to see, agree at some see, point. So here. here's the thing, Joe, is that I think you you're too harsh. On the ending, yeah. Well, that's part of the match. But do you? Can I ask you this? The, this ending, you don't like the ending, no. But you also recognize that it's not a bad ending. It's just a different ending. I understand why they did it. Yeah, yeah and it, I, it's not. It's just a creative choice. It's not like a this ruins everything kind of thing. It's it's more just like this is the yeah. way they went with it, and I personally think it's so representative of what it what it's what it is portraying and you just don't like it. No, right? I don't. Like that's that's that, the that that's the that's the thing with it and stinks. I think it makes it interesting. Right. Whereas like Rock Hogan is just pretty boilerplate. Hey, like, Rock wins, man. Yeah, that's no, interesting. Yeah. I'm saying it's just boilerplate like oh pass it on to next generation brother or What's whatever. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that, but it, it's just like... Yeah, but Quinn, the reason that 18 is a junior of 17 is because they fucked up at 17 and fucked up for the next year. Because of this ending? Yes! It oh, led to no. Austin's stupid heel turn, and then his stupid character... Well, he played the guitar with the hat that and angle. Was that was fun! That was yeah, great. Yeah. It was great. In fact, honestly, the shitty shit that happened afterwards shitty had shit. nothing to do 
with the with the yeah. tur- with the Austin turn yeah. as much as it had to do with fucking yeah. WCW well, stupid edition. Tell coming you what, in. They, like, if, if they'd ever had turned Austin heel, he wouldn't have teamed with Triple H. Triple H wouldn't have torn his quad, and he wouldn't have come back in January and had to be the top face in 02. So that's this match's fault. Rock Hogan stays at number two. No, all right, fuck fine. no, you know that's wrong. It had it was totally the invasion know, that messed point. everything up. It had nothing to no, do with it. No, it was part of it was the heel turn and the two man power trip, man. That could have always that sucked an ass. That eventually anyway flipped around back to Austin hates Vince again. So Mr. like Yeah, so why'd they even do this? Because they, why they, they had they to do, do something it? Why different. Why did they do it? it, it hey, it's doing crap. doing something different, I have no issue with it. it's when they fucking be samey forever is yeah. my issue. All like, right, samey. Here's like, what I'm gonna say. Here's what I'm gonna say, Samey Zane. I'm gonna agree with you. Mm-hmm. Put rock at and Austin at number two, on the grounds that the history and the build and the execution of the match up until the fallout from the match after WrestleMania is excellent. Okay? The fallout, yeah, but we never really talk about the we fallout, don't. do we? Well, lasting For impact this, sometimes. Well, yeah, sometimes. But memorability, this is like, I think really the memorability is ending up being a really strong factor for this one. Yeah, well, I remember being in a car accident when I was six, so that doesn't mean much. Aww, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to go there with it. Well, I'm just like, saying, memories are memories. Leave the memories alone on yeah, Rock Austin 17. This is not going above Hogan Andre. I really? will shut the show off right now. How could it go above Hogan Andre? I mean... No, Hogan Andre has the right ending. Hogan Andre has everything. It is the beginning of an era, or at least the peak of an era. It's not I mean, the end of say one. The ending's fine because uh, Austin wins. Are you really trying to put this at number one? I love it. It to me. I'm not doing that. Okay, no. What I you know thinking? you're not. I know you're not doing it, but I want a, a, a Quinn note here at the end. Yeah. This is my favorite WrestleMania main event without question. Yeah, it always has been. I really, really love it. Hogan Andre is not even my favorite WrestleMania main event, but so it's what number are we one doing here. <laughs> We're not supposed to play favorites. I guess. I mean, you guess. We're supposed to be unbiased scientists, Quinn. Okay. Well, from a science perspective, yeah, I science. suppose I can't rate it. From a, if we went off the Rotten Tomatoes user score or whatever, like... This, Undertaker Sean would be number one. No, <laughs> yeah. well, no my, my user score specifically. Oh, your user if, score. If it was just my user score, yeah. it would be Rock Austin number one. I'm sure it would. But I, I'm I, sure it would. I can't top with the, with the enormity of Hogan and Andre. That's, look, it's, it's, un, it's like unfair. Like how big this match is. Hogan Andre is WrestleMania, plain and simple. Yeah. It was it's why WrestleMania is WrestleMania. That's about all it's got on Rock Austin. That's it. Like that That's really is. Good enough. And for honestly, me. Rock Hogan was the only one that like could sort of compete, but I think it got like outclassed by Rock Austin in like every other facet. I and know. I that's that's the that's the issue. Is that it's like half baked Hogan Andre. To an extent. You know what I mean? Like it's like I'm trying to be this. That's all. That's all right. Junior edition again. We'll settle it at number two then. The junior problem. <laughs> like, it's always an issue. Now, we got to do Savage versus Hogan. Right. I think that's better than Brett Sean. Mm-hmm. Even though the, the match isn't as good, but everything else about it is. 100%. All right. It's better than Savage Flair also. Now, I love the Savage Flair match even more. You know, But this one's got more levity to it. Gravity. Levity is lightness. Sorry. Gravity it's got is more heaviness. Gra- well, if it's got levity because it's floating at the top. There you go. We'll use that word incorrectly. From but, now but, on. from a Quinn way. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I mean, I think Savage Flair is much more dramatic. Mm-hmm. I think Savage Flair is a better match to watch. However, uh, the history they of They build it up in like a month or something. Yeah, that's and the it's thing. Like, it's just all of a sudden I knew her first or whatever. Yeah. It's like, where did this come from? 
the Hogan Savage has, you know, three and a half years of history. It also establishes what Savage and Flair would be anyway, because it's about Miss Elizabeth once again. Yeah, I and know. this is like where that all starts. So I'm going to put it above it. Uh, Batista, Orton, Bryan, look, as much as I love that, I love the storyline of it. It's mm-hmm. Batista, Orton, Bryan is the most organic of all of these. Like, it's the most like, yeah. It to me, it's like, you know how at, during that time, we didn't even say this, but during that time, there was a real movement towards what was called online as the reality era. Yeah. And I think that, like, actually, Batista Orton Bryan doesn't get enough props for really being, like, a culmination of that. I guess Where so. it was, like, we're weaving in the, like, real life, and yeah. but in a good way. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying, like, sometimes, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes. And, yeah, that, but- and that is the perfect example of it. But that being said, Savage vs. Hogan is a perfectly scripted Randy Savage special as far as, it's like, fantastic. the build-up and everything. Yeah, 100%. Now against Undertaker Sean, I'm gonna say hey, I'm gonna say something here. Yeah. Mm. Once again, once again, Undertaker Sean Michaels is the best match on this list, no question. Right. Match. Match. Yeah. I don't think it's the best WrestleMania main event. I think that we're generous by having it eligible for voting. I it, was, it wasn't the most advertised match, I don't think. It's the same with Rock Hogan 18. Yeah, although that was the most advertised, Quinn. That's on the cover of everything. Yeah. That was how they sold WrestleMania 18. But anyway, yeah. Undertaker Sean, though, at Wrestle 25 is, I mean, it's so great. It really, it really is, is good. I, I yeah. don't know how to say it. However, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania main event. I mean, world title on the line, years it, of storyline. It is a, build. It is a uh, great thing. I'm not going to lie. I got to put it above Undertaker Sean just overall. It's really because of the build. Although, honestly, that's just you good. know we don't give Undertaker Sean build a lot of credit. But it's good. Honestly, that like with that start at the Royal Rumble, that was very very good. No, it was excellent, and those yeah. guys had history together, and I get all that. Yeah. Now Savage Hogan versus Rock Hogan. <sighs> hmm. One is Hogan like at his peak as a performer in '89. You know, maybe a little bit past, but still, and Savage definitely. Yeah. One is Hogan's nostalgia return. And I don't know if the nostalgia is enough to carry it, you know, and keep it above I, Savage Hogan. I agree. I think that it gets over this. I think that, honestly, a top three, no matter what order, of Hogan, Andre, Rock, Austin, and Savage Hogan is very fair. I think that those are, like, three fucking great WrestleMania mo- like moment match things. I think they are, too, and I don't think that's being unfair to Undertaker Sean. I mean, we've tried as best we could to have not a bias towards the past so much. I mean, I'm sure we do by accident, but look, Undertaker Sean is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It's the best WrestleMania match, maybe besides one other one that I can think of, which mm-hmm. is Brent Owen, my favorite, but yeah, it's tremendous, but it, it, technically it's not the main event, just like Rock Hogan is. And I mean, we let it on to here. Yeah. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? So let's put Savage Hogan at three. I, you know me, I personally don't think that that can move past fucking Brock Austin. I, I just don't see it. Why? And, I'm not disagreeing, but tell me why at least. Because, like I said, end of an era, like that kind of shit is like, to me, that, that trumps a, that trumps even a top feud, all-time feud. I, I don't know how to explain that. It's like, it's like, there's something that defines a whole time period is like a little bit bigger. Just kind of like how Hogan Andre defines a whole time period. Like, it's like, that feels more grandiose. That feels like, yeah, that is WrestleMania, right? It's like, that, that's where this shit should be saved for. It's like, that does it right. Savage Hogan is like, in the midst of everything. Okay. It's not the end, because it, it, an end is maybe next year. Okay. 
that's all I'm saying. It's like maybe it's one of the biggest feuds of the time. It is. But, but it's not the time period defining. You know, okay. WrestleMania should represent different ages in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Like at, at its peak, or at least when it's used right. I don't disagree. Uh, however, I will say this that Savage Hogan is probably my favorite. Ad- Let me look at this list again. Yeah, Savage Hogan, Savage Flair are probably my two favorite things on this list. Really? Yeah. However, I don't know that um, I can think of any real reason to put it above Rock Austin. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rock Austin is the perfect main event for that show. Yeah. Just like Savage Hogan is for five. Agreed. You know what I mean? <sighs> I like the Savage Hogan stuff more. I really, really, really do. Can I just say this? And I don't, I don't know if it's even in the list yet. But I think a real reason that Savage Hogan is always held back for me is because personally, I like Hogan Warrior better. So do I. And and I think when I look at it, I feel like I'm almost bracing myself. Like, because I always compare those two for some reason. Because they're both big. They're right next to each other. Matches, yeah. And like, it's like I always look at Savage Hogan and I'm like, if it's underwhelming compared to that, how much better could it be that to than to these really big, iconic... Yeah. matches like Hogan, Andre, and Rock Austin. Like, how could it be better than them? Okay. That's that's really what happens. No, I'm ready to leave it at three, Quinn. I don't think number three is anything to sneeze no. at. And like I said at the <laughs> beginning, I thought that this number three is perfect. I agree. I Quinn. really think that, like, at this point in the ratings. I agree with you. This is perfect. We'll close it out there then, folks. For this week, at number one is still Hogan, Andre. Number two... Rock Austin, 17. <laughs> number three, Savage Hogan. Number five, four, Rock Hogan, 18. Uh, number five, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. Still in the top five, man. It's yeah. good stuff. Number six, Batista, Orton, and Bryan at number 30. Number seven, Savage Flair at WrestleMania 8. And number eight, Brett, Shawn at WrestleMania 12. Folks, I want you to let us know yours. Let us know why you agree or disagree. And you can do that, of course, on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back... Challenge! It is WWF Wrestling Challenge, and that is coming up right after this. Fox 25 would like you to be a part of Hulkamania at the Worcester Centrum Tuesday night, July 18th at 7.30 p.m. Just mail a postcard naming the winner of any match during WWF Wrestling Challenge Saturday morning at 10 to WWF Tickets. Here at Box 25, Box C25, Needham Heights, Massachusetts, 02194. 25 viewers will win souvenir 10 tickets to see Hulk Hogan at the WWF July 18th at the Centrum. Are you looking for something new? You've got to try C. Howard Violets. That's right, guys. I promise you've never had a candy like this before. They're unique. They're delightful. They're addicting. And listen, I wouldn't do this if they weren't. In fact, I want you to go to cHowardCompany.com right now. Pause the show. Pick up their sampler. Get a pouch of Violets. Heck, buy a Violet shirt. Just tell them OVP sent you there. You've heard about the blue chew. Well, this is the purple chew, and I'm telling you, these things are truly delicious. Even Quinn likes them now. Again, that's cHowardCompany.com. The letter C, HowardCompany.com. And remember, tell them OVP sent you there, because you've got to try the violets. Challenge! And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks again for being with us here for episode 217. Quinn? Challenge. Challenge. We're reviewing uh, the first episode, actually. This was suggested by Rod McLarge, which 
sounds like a name for a funny industry, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But uh, Rod McLarge had <laughs> asked if we had done this yet. And no, we haven't, Rod. So this is um, the debut. It's September 7th, 86. And Quinn Challenge, obviously, we've reviewed several episodes of. Yep. It was the replacement for WWF All-Star Wrestling, the B-Show. Yeah. Which ended its run the week prior. Was it a replacement or name change? Technically, I guess a name change. You yeah. know what I mean? A rebranding. Uh, if I, it's my understanding they share the lineage together. Yeah, so they they're, do. they're really the same show. They're really the same show. Uh, All-Star had run since 1971, I want to say. Right. Before that, they had the heavyweight wrestling and Rebranding. all that. Rebranding. And we've seen some All-Star wrestlings in our time, obviously. We've checked out a few on the 82-83 count, and occasionally mm-hmm. we've had to do one of those. And Challenge, for all of its history, was never the main show. Never. No. <laughs> Superstars never. was before Raw. One of the hallmarks of Challenge was Gorilla and Bobby. However... Girl and Bobby didn't start at the very beginning. We'll see who did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not Girl and Bobby. And Challenge occasionally in later years would have maybe a feature match here and there. But when they go all out for this first uh, well, handful yeah, of episodes. You know, you know how Vince is. Yes. It's like first episode, it matters. It matters. It never, ever, never again. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Challenge actually uh, ran until early 97. Uh, it became shotgun, a re- yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been through this challenge. extensive history at this point. some point, it was jacked or metal. But anyway... Uh, this is available on the WWE Network. Or Peacock. Peacock, you're listening yes. to this a couple weeks from now. Correct. We are doing, well, it's not the original version quite, but you'll see what it is. We'll tell mm-hmm. you. And if you want a copy of it, let us know. We'll get you taken care of. Anyway, Quinn, it's WWF Wrestling Challenge, September 7th, 1986. And we're back to the comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. And on the side note, just want to put this here. Okay. I am changing my note-taking method. I don't know if this is going to make me a nicer person or whatever on my notes, but I'm using my PC on a real fucking keyboard, not typing it with my fingers on an iPad. So, Oh, oh Quinn, when I started doing that, and it was a long time ago. That was life-changing. Yeah. I watch them right here on my computer and take notes. I just it's so felt, much easier. I just felt it was always necessary that you should be able to somehow like be sitting on the couch or chair or whatever. Uh, you like, can't be that. typing on your phone anymore or whatever, or your tablet. It's too much. It's too much. I don't so, know how you did it for so, so long. This is, this is the debut, just like it's a debut of Challenge, it's the debut to me with a keyboard All right. and um, you know, a VLC player on the side. That's and, what I like, do. Don't go in side by side. You there. can watch Survivor Series 92 like that? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is taped uh, August 27th for anyone that cares, and we start with the classic recognized symbol of excellence. You know, that whole splash yeah, screen in, in space. space. Yeah, yeah, space. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Now, this is from the WWF Classic Sky Sports <laughs> 1 version, which... <laughs> which, with this, with, you know, here's the thing. The closeness to the 83 canon, yep. it feels only right that it's the Sky Sports version. This is 86 canon. Yeah. Uh, we start with the crowd shot, and then we're joined by Gorilla Monsoon. And with the fuzzy hair. I noticed that, too. Very fuzzy. Yeah. He's with Ernie Ladd and Johnny V. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the world premiere of Wrestling Challenge. I'm Gorilla Monsoon, being joined by the one and only, the big cat, Ernie Ladd, and luscious Johnny B. Are we serious? <laughs> what, what? Yeah, the big what event is, commentary team. What is this? <laughs> we then cut to the classic original challenge intro, which is very sexy. Oh, I yeah. love it. Great intro. I'm a sax man. Stop it. Uh, we, uh, hi, we're back now. Gorilla runs down some of tonight's action. We get the cool ultra 80s, like, graphic with the, like, all faded on purpose. Yeah. Kind of, like, 
things. There's a little know. color in the middle, it's and like, it's faded. A little, it's like slightly inverted. I don't know how to explain. It. No, it's more like washed, washed out. out. It's it's like the washed out filter on Instagram or something. I like them. I love it. Yep. I love this shit. Uh, we go to ringside now, where. <laughs> Lord Alfred what Hayes. Is, what is this? <laughs> like, why? He's already an announcer. I don't know why. This is so weird. <laughs> I know. He's not good. He tells us that this first match is scheduled for one fall. Very scheduled. A lot of schedule. This is a tag team contest scheduled for one fall. First, we have Iron Mike Sharp. Okay. Ah! Mm-hmm. His part. This is an amazing team. His partner <laughs> with Mr. Fuji. The magnificent Morocco. Yeah, Team 83 cannon Look over here. They're defending the honor of 1983. <laughs> and honestly, kind of a good pop for Don Morocco. Well, yeah, he's good. <laughs> now, it's are- Donald P. He's not even that like far removed from like being the like, top guy. Yeah. Two and a half years. Uh, their opponents enter to Stars and Stripes Forever. It's Mike Rotundo. And not Barry Windham. No, no. Danny Spivey. That's right. The Ugh. shittier version of the U.S. Express. Ugh. Ernie Lab likes him at least. Ugh, okay. <laughs> Johnny B's like, I don't know why we sent him back to Mars or somewhere. Yeah, I'd certainly be interested. I'd like to get them both on a first ship out of here back to Mars or somewhere. Johnny V, folks, if you've never heard him on commentary, he's very Johnny V. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's it's, it's only, Johnny V humor. It's just the, there's no other way to explain it. Johnny V is just Johnny V, Grandma. That guy is... <laughs> he's something. He's unexplainable. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a guy you would see in an episode of Girls, like some... Some dude that's like just very weird and older. Not Booth Jonathan. Not Booth Jonathan, <laughs> but like the guy, like a guy who owns like a coffee shop that they go to or yeah, something. Why are you coming in here now? So great, you fucking twenty year olds, like <laughs> grandma, grandma. Anyway, the referee is going to be Mark Yeaton, which adds to the whole weirdness here uh, mm-hmm. as IRS and Morocco start. So this is actually a real match, huh? Pretty much. Yeah. Man. Wow. Crazy. Not, not bad. Like this isn't like Jobber versus Jobber. No, I mean, if Mike I'm Sharp... I'm Jobber versus me. Stars, yeah. yeah. Mike Sharp teaming up with Don Morocco, and Morocco ain't no Jobber, I'll mm-hmm. tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Get a lock-up and a push-up by Morocco. The arena, by the way, well-lit, looks nice. Uh, it's in Connecticut, I think. Ebersol-styled over here. Kind of, yeah. They've yeah. been learning from him. Get a lock-up again. Side hook by Rotundo. Push-off into the corner by Morocco. Clean break. Mike Sharp just claps on the outside for fun, which is kind of mm-hmm. funny. As we get a side headlock by Morocco, shove off, drop down by Rotundo, and then we get like a practically inaudible insert promo from... Billy Graham. Out here with the lightning, the thunder, the wind, Mother Nature. Man, it is 1983 city right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, what right? is going... This is like January of 1983 <laughs> yeah. showing up. It's like, hi, I'm here too. Hi, I'm here. Fucking 1983, <laughs> we're back, baby. Yep. We're taking over. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Now, Graham's in the desert or a green screen of the desert. Mm-hmm. And basically, the point is, he's coming back. Okay. He looks 81, by the way. Uh, like, does, actually 81 years old. Yeah, think. not from 1981. Right. Uh, he doesn't come back. I think maybe he has the one match, gets injured again, and then comes back in 87 and something like that. Right. I can't remember. Uh, it's a struggle, it, really. It didn't go well. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Spivey's in with an armbar. Shove up by Morocco. Duck under, body slam by Spivey. Arm drag, and then another in an armbar by Spivey. Tagged to IRS who takes over on the arm there. Back to Danny Spivey. More arm work, but Morocco just has enough and tags in Sharp who hammers away very loudly. Yeah. Very loud. And I, this is full jobber version, so he's much better. Not oh. limp or whatever. Yeah. Like, get out of here with that. Once they took away his push, he became better. Yeah. It's real. They didn't realize that. <laughs> Once they start calling him Canadian strongest man or whatever he is. <laughs> ah, yeah. That's all you hear. It's Canadian's great. best athlete. Yeah. Yeah, Canada's something. greatest athlete. Yeah, that's it. Corner whip is reversed by Spivey. Big backdrop as Gorilla says, 
Uh, that Danny Spivey is a tall youngster for sure. <laughs> and then Johnny V. How can you say he's a youngster? What do you think he is, 14 years old? The guy's in his mid-20s. What do you mean he's a youngster? Tag made, look out! Gorilla literally ignores him? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Spivey's like 35. Well, you know, his blonde hair makes him look younger than... I thought he was like in his 20s. He looks like a serial killer with that haircut. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't look old. He's got a mushy face. He's got one of those mean faces. Maybe it's because I, when I think of old Danny Spivey, I think of Whale and Mercy. So anything that's not that is 28. Like, okay. in, my, in my head. Fair. Fair. He got lucky. He's another, like, weird-aged look. Like, yeah. where it's like... Well, I could buy that he's like 29 or something okay. like that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, airplane spin by IRS, who is back in the ring now, but Morocco comes in and breaks the count. By the way, the U.S. Express are having trouble with Mike Sharp. That's pretty ominous, right? <laughs> yeah. like, what's yeah. that about? Yeah, their push is all but gone by this point, because yeah. Wyndham's gone, obviously. He's been gone for a while. They've committed to the British Bulldogs at this oh, point. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Screw America. It's yeah. British time. That's right. Uh, roll up by Rotunda, but Morocco turns it over and nails Spivey. This is all sloppy as fuck, isn't it? Oh, God, the this small one. package reversals. It's, it's really bad. Bad. Yeaton sends Morocco out of the ring now, so Spivey comes in, flips the small package back over, and the U.S. Express win. Yuck. The U.S. Express stink. Uh, <laughs> Ernie Ladd says, uh, ah, it's the worm turn or something like that. Okay. I don't know. Like, I, I, I just was like, what? <laughs> Did the worm turn. Yeah. <laughs> what? Lord Alfred announces the winners. We go to the replay where Ernie Ladd again says, worm turn. The worm turn right against him, right here. What does that mean? I don't know, but maybe it's a real thing that we're unaware of. Mm-hmm. Gorilla now sends us to a wrestler's rebuttal segment featuring Randy Savage. Or as Gorilla says, featuring Savage. Yeah, what, was what was that? I don't know. Featuring Savage. What, what? Excuse me? They just call him that now? Savage. Savage. Cut to the Intercontinental Champion, the Macho Man, in front of the blue WF backdrop. He says he doesn't like it when the fans go out of their way to a super applaud Elizabeth. He says it should be channeled towards him instead. I see. <laughs> Get on the bandwagon! I, I agree. He's a good wrestler. I People should be cheering him. They should. He's great. Back to ringside now, where Lord Alfred introduces our next match, scheduled for one fall. Uh. First, Jimmy Hart and the personal bodyguard, the ace of comedy himself, Bob Orvin. There he is. Yep. They represent, Quinn, the adorable Adrian Adonis. Looking all messy, fat. Fuck. I love it. Yeah, I love it. He looks like crap. Love, and he wants to. That's yeah, the best part. It's beautiful. It's like, all it, intentional. It, it's so, he's like egging the crowd on with like how he looks. Oh, yeah. Like, no. It's just like, oh, hate me. It's, just hate me so much. Like It's kind of cool because it's basically the gorgeous George mm-hmm. tactics mixed with a little bit of uh, exotic Adrian That's Street. That's what I was thinking. That Adrian Street shit. But it works perfectly for him. Fat fuck, though. They, he, he, the, the thing that he adds to it is the fatness. Yeah, that's true, because like, Adrian Street was well built. Yeah, it, it, that is literally like why it's funnier. Yeah, it's, it's well done. It's a great gimmick. He's good. Orton, by the way, pink hat, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Adrian's opponent here is Tommy Sharp, who looks very dull. He's like a school teacher. Too much sharp on this <laughs> show, too, by the way. It's second match. <laughs> it's a good point. Very sharp observation by Michael Quinn over here. Yep. Anyway, referees Danny Davis actually has decent hair today. As Johnny V uh, talks about the pink hat and how, I've seen pink ladies, I've seen pink squirrels. He then calls Gorilla... referring to fucking, like, Grease? What was that? I, I, I don't... I, it's Johnny V humor. Yeah. He then calls Gorilla Gino as Adonis flips and flops to start. Johnny V then starts singing memories for no reason. We get okay. <laughs> Lock up in a monkey flip by Adonis. Now, by the way, he's wearing like Mimi from Drew Carey makeup today, by the way. Gorilla hates him, too. It's <laughs> oh, like, look at him. He sucks. He looks like shit. <laughs> oh, he's too fat. He too won't. fat. He's dressed like a lady. That Yokozuna. Yeah. Fat. <laughs> too <laughs> exactly. fat. 
Exactly. <laughs> it's a promo now from the Ace Comedy who says, uh, you know, it's a hell of a lot better working for Adrian Adonis than it was for Roddy Piper. And then Gorilla and Ernie talk about how, you know, money makes people do strange things. Johnny V, uh, makes me share the microphone with you, Monsoon. Wrist lock by Adrian, reversed by Sharp into an arm ringer. Adonis grabs the ropes like he is Gorgeous George. He hammers away, tosses Sharp out of the ring. Jimmy then sprays him uh, with the perfume for fun. That was really funny. <laughs> As Gorilla now stirs up shit, they're already doing this in September of 86. About Danny Davis putting his hands on Tommy now, Sharp. What is, what is this? It's, I didn't see it. didn't even do anything. They're very subtly starting the Danny Davis thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Uh, back in Sharp with some right hands. A punch from the classroom there by Sharp. <laughs> right, because he's a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> he tries to corner whip, but Adonis hangs on to the ropes. Can't budge him. Jimmy pokes in to distract Davis, so Orton unnecessarily comes in. This is so, like, <laughs> not needed it at all. Like, this, they're kicking this guy's ass. Like, right? It's so stupid, this he, whole thing. He lifts up sharp for, like, a side suplex, you know, like a, a si- uh, back suplex. Yeah. And Adonis comes off the ropes with a forearm to win, and I just love the chicanery to beat this crusty jobber. Literally three against one against a shitty jobber. It's just so much fun. Yep. Like, it's like the unnecessary, like, he wasn't even in trouble <laughs> no. at all. Like, the most that happened was a punch. Yeah, literally. Like, like, <laughs> it's about to it. Adrian. That's like the worst thing that happened. <laughs> Gorilla, of course, gets all pissy as we go to break with fantastic bumper music. And, uh, obviously, we'll be right there back with an interview. <laughs> We're back now where Ken Resnick, yes, he's here. Mm-hmm. He's at the blue background zone, and he recaps how Adrian Adonis now has Bob Orton. Yeah, we know. And he brings in Orton to talk about it. Now, Ace Comedy comes in. He says he gave it a lot of thought, Daddy, and they offered him more money, more conveniences, some faith, none of which Roddy Piper had. Mm-hmm. In fact, Quinn, he says Piper basically fucked him over and left for Hollywood. That's a fair point. He did, he did just, like, leave. He did leave. do shit with Cindy Lauper or whatever he's doing. <laughs> he did just abruptly leave after WrestleMania 2. Right. He did. Orton then says, you know what? I'm going to wear any color hat that Adrian and Jimmy pay me to wear. Like, he's basically all, fuck off. They pay me to wear this shit. Not, it's good. It's yeah, fine. He whatever. Does, like, he you doesn't know what I mean? care. He doesn't, it's not like there's a reason to boo him right like, here because it's like, well, they just, you know, they, they're like, well, we'll pay you more to be with this fat loser instead, instead of, of that Piper. other jerk. Yeah. Like, they were both heels. It's not like Piper was a scrupulous person. Yeah. So I don't know why everyone's, like, mad at Orton. <laughs> he needed a job. And Piper he left. Fucking left. Yeah, exactly. And then Orton has a great line. Takes a man to walk around in a hat like this. And I'll tell you what, fella. Mm-hmm. It takes a man to walk around town in a hat like this. Orton continues to call out Piper, and then he says, da- he keeps saying daddy a real lot. Hey, can he stop saying that? <laughs> I don't like it. The early Dusty Roads. That's early what I was going to say. It's like, it's like Dusty Roads-esque. Billy Graham. Stinks. <laughs> no. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Back to the ringside here where Lord Alfred Hayes is still very awkward. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this contest is scheduled for one four. First in the ring, Bob Bradley. Uh, 83 cannon takeover, I swear. This yes. is all really happening right this now. This is great. And even Danny Davis is there. Like, it's, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah, is there like tall dick there later on? Like, what is going on? This is amazing. <laughs> I know. Now, Bradley looks very junky compared to 83. Like, he's got a mustache and looks like Brian Blair. He's not in full junk mode. It just looks, honestly, it looked like when he's in his weeks when he doesn't care as much. Even yeah. on 83. Like, he dre- he still looks very similar to 83. He looks Cannon. similar. Yeah. The mustache is a little different. Right. Now his opponent is the Birdman Coco Beware, who's either wow. making his debut or very, very, very close to it. 
Now, Quinn, you like this theme oh, song, this right? Song's, this is like his best theme song. I say, what? Like that song, it's yeah. very good. Yeah. It's it's excellent. It's great. Anyway, he dances down the aisle with a very happy Federette behind him. Mm-hmm. They're making their debut also around this like, time. Short shorts, not that they're not in those like whatever those weird dress things from the future they wore later on. Pillowcases from the like, future. They look like air um, air stewardesses, but from like 2001: A Space Odyssey, like on the plane, like Eric Estrada from Chips. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this this is more just like workout gear for the Federettes or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what this they're is. Casual attire. Yeah. Uh, referee's going to be. Rita Marie. That's right. right. We never really talk about her. We never see her. Uh, Rita Chatterson. You can read more about her on the internet if you'd like to. The first lady ref. Yeah, as far as I know. now we got the other lady ref. Yeah, Jessica. Yeah. Johnny V says, Coco, beware. What's this guy? Some kind of a breakfast cereal or something, Grandma? What's his name? Coco, beware. Was it some kind of a breakfast cereal or something? Anyway, Coco gets a... <laughs> Coco actually gets Alfred to do the bird. Meanwhile, Bo is like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> he like, he's like, what is going on? Like, he does do that. Now, for those of you that might not know, uh, Bo Bradley is what Quinn calls Bob Bradley. That's his name, That's Bo Bradley. Bo. Anyway. It's in the 83 canon. Go yeah. get it. Check it out. It's, there are free ones. We're not even asking like you to pay. a lot of free ones. Just check out the free ones. Anyway, Rita Marie has her like 1976 Linda McCartney, by the I, way. I would agree with that. Um, the also, her like weird shirt. shirt. It's very disconcerting. Good dish towel. Yeah. Anyway, we get it's a bell. That gorilla monsoon at like WrestleMania one shirt. Yeah, the frills. Yeah. Get a bell. Bradley is ready to roll here. His gorilla references Quinn. How Bradley has been around for quite some time. That's right. Four, he has been four years now. A veteran here. Yeah, he is a veteran. Uh, while they stall, we actually get an insert promo from Coco, who is very fired up in a box holding a boom box. Does that mean that there's like some form of an optical illusion where you'll? Be able to see it going on forever and ever. Yeah. Is that how means. this works? Yes. Okay. Uh, Coke is very excited, Quinn, to be in the WWF. Is that why he wears the logo on his trunk sometimes? <laughs> he's just so proud of it. Yeah. It's just like, I'm in the WWF, baby. <laughs> Backflip by Bradley, Irish whip by Coco, backdrop. By the way, the insert promo is still going on, but it sucks. Finally ends. Meanwhile, Gorilla's all like, yeah, WWF's the best. Yeah. Like, it's like, what a homer. Well, of course he's a homer. What do you I want know. him to say? It's just like, it's I don't. Not that Watch NWA. What I do you just want don't to do? like when he like goes out of his way to be like, this is the best shit ever. WF's better than every like when he mentions the company's name, that's when it that's when it's a step too far. I'm sorry, Quinn. I, that's when I just gorilla calm down. I'll see what I can do. Okay? Yeah, I don't like that. All right. Coco claps up the crowd. Bradley gets all irritated by that. Lock up and a headlock by Bob. He grinds it in. Shove off. Shoulder block by Bradley. Drop down by Coco. Flying crossbody gets two. Both men up. Lock up. Side headlock by Coco. Ernie Lad, by the way, likes Rita Marie and Johnny V with a somewhat predictable, she should be home washing her dirty dishes. Just stop. Just, it's very Johnny V humor. Very. I don't like it. Bobby Heenan will also probably say something like that. I'm sure yeah, he has. Yeah, true. It's heel. Uh, anyway, Brad with some forearms, some right hands, body slammed by Bob. He heads all the way up and a flying knee drop misses. Coco's back up now. Irish whip back elbow by Coco. Irish whip and a beautiful drop kick by Coco. And then another. Coco now goes to the second rope on the inside, a flying drop kick and the big, doofy 1983 like Splash that the faces yeah, do that, that gets the win. Splash is so crusty. I hate it. Why do they always do that? It's T- like you just did a cool thing. Like he did the drop kick thing yeah. or whatever. Just pin him. Like you don't have to jump on him too. In case you don't know what we're talking about, watch a Sal Balomo match from '83 or watch Tito's early matches yeah, in '83. That's how Tito ends all his matches early on in his dumpy. It's horrible. It's it, horrible. It yeah, it bad. really is bad. Anyway, nice debut for the Birdman. He flaps around a bit. Crowd likes it back over to Ken Resnick, who is still talking about the Bob Orton thing because he says he didn't shed too much light on it. I think he did, though. He, like, explained every reason, like, why he left. Like, he, he completely explained it. I don't need any more explaining. 
Well, yeah, they paid him more, period. That's, that's it. That's, that's all you need to know. Was. But he brings in Jimmy Hart now to keep this whole thing going. And Jimmy Hart's like, man, Ken, you're so nosy. Well, he's right. And he's a big face. Dude. I know. He's like, leave me alone, baby. Yeah. He, he, did, he didn't ask for this. I know. Like, just bugging him. Now, Ken gets like all grumpy about how Jimmy Hart already has the funks, already has the Hart Foundation, but he still needs Orton to protect him. It's a fair point. Fair Whatever. point. Yeah, but you know what? Resnick's still being a big pain in the he ass. He is. I... <laughs> like, leave it alone. What do you? What more do you need to know? Anyway, the thing is, he hired Orton like to just protect him. That's yeah. basically it. Doesn't matter. The Hart Foundation have other shit to do, right? This, he he literally is like he's like they travel the country and shit. They're yeah. not here all the time. Orton's with me, baby. Yeah. Anyway, Jimmy says uh, Orton's good. You know what, Quinn? He might be the next world champion. I like you, Jimmy, but no, that's just no. He believes happening. in his guys, baby. Yeah. Big face. <laughs> anyway, we're back with uh, Lord Hayes introducing our next scheduled match. First. It's a young Troy Martin. Yeah, or Shane Douglas! Anyway, yes, it is a young Shane Douglas here. He did a handful of these type of matches in 86, around the same time Nick Foley did. Oh, Big Nicholas. (laughs) Yeah, Big Nicholas Foley. (laughs) Anyway, next up, Real American Hits. Holy shit. Oh, Bobby Heenan (laughs) leads up Paul Orndorff. Damn it! (laughs) And Gorilla gets so bent out of shape about it. This gimmick is fucking brilliant. I I have to hand it to him. It's great. I even get like tricked by this oh, sometimes i and, like, just did yeah like it's it's fucking amazing it's like, a good gimmick why does nobody like imagine if somebody did this with like john cena's music or something right. like now yeah like it's just like some asshole came out to john cena's theme and like the whole crowd like thinks it's him it's a really good gimmick though, yeah. seriously uh, and johnny v's like what he's a real american you think all of america likes hulk hogan well, I kind of like that line. Fair point. Yeah, girl and Ernie continue to bitch about Orndorff while Mister Wonderful imitates Hogan's uh, entrance here. Girl is so mad, and he needs to chill. <laughs> what that's, a shithead! That's fucking not him. That's bullshit. He's not Mister Wonderful. That's not Hulk Hogan. That's not his. Be a fuck him. Yeah. I hate him. Anyway, the referee is Dick Kroll, which is great. Yeah, there he is, tall Dick. Like I said, I knew he was in this yep. show somewhere. Uh, Bobby helps Orndorff with the uh, robe. We get a bell. Lock up into the ropes. And Shane looks like a total dork, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my, he's like skinnier than usual, even. He must be 20. Yeah. Literally, I think about maybe 20, 21. He's like a nobody. Yeah. Like, he's Barry Horowitz he, right now. Yeah, he and uh, Mick Foley trained together under Dominic mm-hmm. DiNucci, and they were able to get a few matches here. Tryout matches. Yeah, that's all this is. Just get some work. We get an insert promo now from the Honky Tonk Man. Who says that Paul Orndorff is an asshole for betraying Hulk Hogan? Nobody ever does to somebody that's a friend of the Honky Tonk Man. And you know, Paul Orndorff, when you're in the ring, I see you there, and I know you're out there somewhere. The Honky Tonk Man can't wait. What? This is so strange. This, the <laughs> fact right, that this folks. is where this lands yep. is like, what the hell? This is what? That's like, right. It's so confusing. Honky Tonk Man, big face, sounds like a heel. Yeah. Like, oh, he yeah. still sounds oh, like Oh, he sounds like a heel even in this promo. It's yeah. just like defending Hulk Hogan. <laughs> now, he's brand new at this point, folks, in case you don't know. And he was like welcomed in as like Hulk Hogan's big friend. <laughs> he's like in the Brutus role here. <laughs> like, why Why would Hulk Hogan defend an asshole who thinks he's Elvis? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Would anyone defend him? Yeah. Anyway, Orndorff sends Dean Douglas outside, body slams him on the floor. What a loser this youngster is. Yeah. Uh, young Troy no, and never he'll never amount to anything no never uh, Honky's still talking it's not good uh, Orndorff then tosses Shane over the barricade Dick Kroll gets all mad about this yells at Orndorff 
Shane finally back inside. Big friggin' dropkick by Wonderful. Nicely done. It's like legit good. Yeah. Like he sends Troy over here like flying into whip and he like, I don't even know how he did a dropkick that quickly with how fast Shane was going. There. Yeah. Like it was like amazing. It was really good. Yeah. Even the announcers are like, yeah, no, that's like, good. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of shit where you look sometimes and you forget how good an athlete Paul Wonderful was he in was. his day. Oh, like, God. it was like, holy shit. Like, that was some good stuff right there. And this is still his day, 86, oh, he's man. He's still prime, no tiny arm, none of that nope. shit. Like, he's, he's like, in perfect shape. You're absolutely right. No, like, handlebar mustache living on a ranch somewhere. No Gary Spivey or anything. Yeah. A girl continues to complain about the Benedict Arnold as Orndorff lands a beautiful pile driver for the win. Real American hits. <laughs> Orndorff poses like a big asshole. The crowd is so mad, and I love it. It's the pre-sweetening, too, so this is actually legit. Yeah, no, it they're is. They're livid. No, like, they're pissed, man. They're, they're, like, so mad. It's no wonder, like, seeing this, like, it's no wonder this is, like, literally the best time of Paul Wonderful's career. Oh, that's why he kept going even through the injury. Right. You know, that wound up screwing his arm up, because he really loved the money. I don't blame him, but, you This know. was the best he... Isn't he ever was in his entire career probably the most money he ever made? Yeah, I'm we're, sure we're it was. Prime, wonderful over here. And he's feeding with friggin' Hulk Hogan. Yeah, you're making money. You know, it's never going to get any better than this. No. We now throw to the debut of the Snake Pit. That's of course one of the interview segments. You can guess who it's hosted by. Yes, Jake Roberts, who's dressed like Don Johnson over yeah, here. Yeah, it's the Don Johnson era <laughs> for Jake. It is. Yeah, he always dressed like this during this early period. The white coat with the sleeves rolled yeah, up. Like he's, he's very cool. Miami Jake. Anyway, he says today is a new beginning, and he's using his southern drawl a lot more than he would in the later. Remember how he used to talk a little different yeah. before he turned face? So why is the snake pit, like, bubbling? I don't know. What is that about? I don't know, actually. It's, like, it's like extra, like, active. Yeah. Like, usually, the, usually it's empty, from what I remember. It's a far more active snake yeah. than Quinn. Uh, lurking behind him, as Jake is talking, is the wizard, Curtis Iakea. Which is very fitting, Quinn, for this type of environment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is literally the beginning of the Dungeon of Doom right here, and people don't they don't even see it coming. It's it's something that festers for a long time. Like that snake pit's under, festering. Underground, but this whole wizard shit, like, this is it. This is the dawning of an era. Like, he's even with a future Dungeon of Doom member. That's right, yes. So, eat shit over here drags out mm-hmm. kimchi and Kamala. Jake likes it. This is really happening, folks. It's all real. It's all real. Now, Wizard says it's been 22,000 miles, and the Grand Wizard told him on his way to his 15th reincarnation to find the biggest headhunter of them all. I mean, Grand Wizard? Is this connected to? What, we, what is he... Like, I have no idea, Joe. This is one of the most confusing promos I've ever it's watched. Amazing. Like, I have literally no idea what he said. So is the Grand Wizard, the manager, he died in 83, right? Right. Was he reincarnated and then 14 he, other times before was, this? Yeah. So is he the one that's responsible for the Dungeon of Doom, ultimately? Oh, it goes back to the Grand Wizard. Well, yeah. he's the Grand, right? Ernie Roth. The Wizard is turned into the Master. Correct. Mm. For copyright reasons. I see. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Hmm. Would, would that make would that make the Grand Wizard in WCW the Grand Master? Yes, of course it would. Ah, uh, I see. Then there's the regular Master and then the Taskmaster. Right. A lot so, of Master. A lot of Master. A lot of Wizard. Anyway. Well, it would be amazing if WCW had dialed that back to somehow saying there was a Grand Master and revealing it was just the Grand Wizard. That'd but he was like, you know, in his 15th reincarnation <laughs> or whatever. Also, uh, apparently a cousin of Damien told the Wizard that the mighty Kamala was on the northern slopes of Kilimanjaro hunting pygamy. I have no idea what he's even saying. All I know is it's all connected to the Dungeon and Film. All of it. Well, also, Quinn, then they were in the VIP lounge in Singapore and something about a blonde Bengal tiger. What is he even, like, seriously, what is he even saying? I don't know. At least his orders were very clear to the Taskmaster. Fine. Yeah, that's a very good point, right? Yeah. 
It's like kick Hulk Hogan's ass. Like, fuck him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just destroy Hulkamania. Yeah. Now, what I like about this, it's like it's a friggin' Emmys here. Like, music hits to, like, play him off. Well, because he's, he's, he's babbling. They're like, go away, please. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but man, was it amazing. Uh, voiceover Gorilla now throws to a special coronation from last week. We go to last week where in the ring is like every heel on the roster, including Bret Hart. Everyone all proud. Yep. Bret's like a nobody heel, by the way, right yeah. at this point. You know, I was pretty new at this time. Yeah. I, I thought I could have good matches with people. We're coming off cowboy Bret Hart. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they had already been at WrestleMania 2, the Battle Royal. True. Where Andre's like, I don't like you. And um, there's a big throne in the middle of the ring here. Oh, I know what this is, Quinn. Howard Finkel hands the mic over to Bobby Heenan. Bobby reads a ridiculous proclamation as the King music hits. What is hear ye, hear ye, friends, fans, and loyal subjects. You are about to witness the most important coronation in the history of the world. Vince McMahon is on commentary, by the way, since this is from actually the final championship wrestling. Oh, this the is the last prior. one? Yep. And Lord Littlebrook. <laughs> this is the best part of this. I, uh, he wanted, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. He wanders out with the crown on a pillow. Like kind of like, like right, Mola. Right in front of Harley. Right in front of Harley. Behind uh, Littlebrook. Very proud robe. King Harley race. He had recently won the King of the Ring Oh, well, he's not king yet, Joe. He's being corny. Sorry, you're so right. He's, he's just handsome right now. You're right. He's still handsome. Uh, now, their heels also on, like, the jobber heels are on each side of the aisle, by the way, clapping as it's, he walks down. It's <laughs> fucking glorious. Uh, also there, by the way, is Mel Phillips, speaking of heels. Oh, come on! Jimmy Jack Funk is somehow invited to this. The Why? shitty funk. I don't know. There's, like, a lot of, like, dumpy heels <laughs> yeah, there, in oh, my yeah. opinion. Like, there's not even, like, good ones. Moondog Rex. Yeah. <laughs> Harley sits on the throne. One guy chants boring. Vince can't get over the crowd booing. Like, oh, listen to him. Oh, they hate it. They fuck this, this guy. This shit sucks. <laughs> Bobby continues to read this stupid proclamation, and then he officially crowns Harley Race the true king of professional wrestling. They King put, Handsome Harley Race. King Handsome. Says, I don't remember them saying the handsome after this. They drop it. Yeah. Uh, they put the crown on his head. Bobby Genuflex kisses Harley's hand. Vince is like out of his mind here. He is so just. Look at it. <laughs> He's got it. He's kissing it. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Isn't Bruno like, oh, come on. What are they doing this for? Yeah, yeah. Oh, can you believe <laughs> this? Yeah, Kevin doing this. <laughs> anyway. They're like a movie star. <laughs> Bobby then leads a long live the King chant. With this all the heels. So silly. I know. This is a ridiculously great, stupid segment. Vince hates it. I love it. I love how much the crowd hates it. That's my favorite oh, it's part. Great. They, they are like, they turn on it immediately. immediately. What is this shit? They're like, what are you doing? Stun and Bundy then hoist him out of there, Quinn. <laughs> Ridiculous. On their shoulders. Back to ringside. Now, where Gorilla throws us to superstars, which would have been yesterday, where hmm. we, we find out that Captain Lou Albano had a special surprise, and that surprise was. The machines coming down the aisle. Yeah. First of all, Lewis. Yes. Second of all, that very tall one, Joe. Yeah. I'm not sure who that is. Like, it can't be Andre because he has pants on, right? Oh, I don't know who it is. No. Yeah. We never found out who the giant machine it's, was. It's do still we? mystery to me. Maybe yeah. watching more of our canon will get us there. Hopefully. Uh, we now cut back to challenge. What even was <laughs> that? Like, they just showed that. They they were like, "Hi, we're here," and what? then they just like. That's it. That's a new thing. <laughs> Check it out from yesterday. That, I've never. That was some. That's like that. Like we're still figuring it out. The production kind yeah. of stuff. It was odd the way it was cut. Yeah. Back to the ringside where Lord Alfred Hayes introduces Quinn, Spotty, and Rex, the Moon Dogs. Oh, wait, the Moon Dogs are actually wrestling together, and it's not the seventies. <laughs> this is very. This is very off-putting and confusing to me. I do. That's a, an astute point because I do feel like by eighty-six, they're usually 
in singles matches and it's usually, usually spotty. Spotty in the opener. I never see Rex ever. It's rare, right? Yeah, it's like you're right. Good point. This is weird to me. I never. <laughs> I in fact, I think this is the first time I've ever watched a match where they were a tag team. For, yeah. for for two guys that are defined as being called the Moon Dogs, I've never seen them ever wrestle as a tag team. I've seen a lot of Spotty though. Yeah. Like Spotty's good, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Spotty's good, and they also always refer to him as one half of a tag team, which is weird yeah. because he never ever tags. Fair point. Uh, their opponents, Quinn, managed by Captain Lewis Albano. Again, very Lewis. This is the second Lewis reference to him today. Can someone explain it? It's because he's Faith Joe. He's Lewis now. <laughs> It's the British Bulldogs, of course, because Lou managed them for literally no reason other than to pad his stats. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Gorilla brings up, of course, the Rosemont. Immediately. <laughs> Fucking immediately. Boy, have they really taken over tag team action since that night in the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago when they took the title away from the Dream Team. By the way, a lot of dogs in this match. Yeah, point. yeah dog. Dog. This is dog the match. It is. See, this was actually, even with the keyboard, this was hard to take notes because I had to keep typing Bulldog and Moon Dog. A lot of dog. Woof, woof. Woof. Uh, The Moon version attacks the Bull version to start here. Mark Eaton's the ref again. Who the hell's keeping time? It doesn't doesn't matter. Lord Alfred. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Gordon. Yeah, Lord can do it. He he barely talk. He's English. He's smarter than us or whatever, Mm -hmm. according to kayfabe. Anyway, corner whips by the Bulldogs and Moondogs collide here. Dynamite and Rex are legal. Dynamite with its beautiful snap suplex for two. Johnny V hates it. He hates the Bulldogs, obviously. He's still so mad. (laughs) Johnny V. It's the only move that little goof has. Gorilla then decides to bring up the Rosemont again just to fuck with Johnny V. It's a fucking nightmare. (laughs) Nightmare in the Rosemont. I always say this. Your team lost, John. Yeah. Spotty with a sneak attack. Rex takes over. Irish whip and whatever gets two for Rex. Well, Johnny V shits on Albano for having a new shirt or something. He's he's got a new merchandise shirt or whatever. Yeah, look at him over there. Good job over there. Fucking loser. I hate him. Uh, Tagging to Spotty. Irish whip. Sons of foot by Dynamite gets two. Back to Rex. Irish whip. Duck under. High crossbody by Dynamite gets two. Rex still in control, though. Tagged to Spotty. Nice Neela for two. As the announcers now veer into a discussion about how Captain Lewis, Lewis. won the tag title 16 times and then Johnny V, uh, 16 times, he's been up to the buffet line today. Go ahead. I would much rather have been there 16 times than have never been there any times at all. He's also been up there 16 times at a buffet today, too, I understand. I had to literally pause the thing and like walk around because that was actually really funny. It is. Johnny V's not bad that, on this, Quinn. It, it's it's honestly, it's the way he drops that like very, how he says buffet. Yeah. Like, buffet. buffet like, yeah. like all loud. Irish whip by Spotty. Beautiful clothesline by Dynamite and a tag into Davey. And he's a house of Navy. Probably will be for life, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Backdrop by Davey. Double Naganocker delayed vertical by the Bulldog gets two. Spotty then wanders in, tosses Davey out of the ring, but Dynamite flies in with a drop kick. Double team by the Moondogs, though. They back the Bulldogs into a corner. Davey gets a quick tag in, flying clothesline over the rope, and that gets the win. That was abrupt, though. Yeah, Looks like something went wrong. Or maybe they had to go home yeah. early or something. But anyway, not bad. Not bad at all. Go over to Ken Resnick again, and hopefully he's talking about something else this time and not <laughs> friggin' Bob Orton. Right. Thankfully, yes. He brings in Jake Roberts. He talks about how there's been this movement to ban the DDT starting. Has there? I guess there were rumblings, Quinn, mm-hmm. because this is when Jake... Uh, DDT Steamboat on the concrete. Right, right. And he blames, Jake comes in, blames Ricky Steamboat, says the DDT is a fair move. It's cruel, but fair, just like he is. I like that. I like that. He's so great. I'm sure Ricky Steamboat's at the bottom of this is trying to get the hold outlawed. The hold is fair. Cruel, but fair. That's just the way I am. Here's a great line. I'll drop you so fast with that DDT, your whole family will fall down. 
I love how this promo is basically just about how he's a fuck. Yeah. Like that's my favorite part about and this. He promo. admits it. He's like, like no. Jake is like, I'm a sick, twisted asshole. Yeah. I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'm the fucker. Yeah. Like, like he's not pretending to be nice. He's not. He's like, no, don't. You don't want to fuck with me. Yeah, I'm not good. I'm. I'm mean. <laughs> it's very like, funny. I'm. I'm very disturbing. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Jake then says that there is a man standing off screen to Ken's right. That he understands me. He gets me. And then suddenly, Randy Savage wanders in. Wait, what? This is great. This is very weird. Oh, God. Considering what we've been watching lately. Of course. Rainbows. Oh, I've yeah. seen rainbows before, man. But I'll tell you one thing right now. I got to point my finger. Yeah. Point my finger at this man right here. Because he freaks me out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Savage and Jake talk about rainbows, and they're all happy together. All friendly. <laughs> Maybe Quinn. That's why Jake was so upset about Savage and not getting invited they to the were wedding. Big friends, they're right? getting along so well. It's very unsettling. It is, this whole right? thing. Don't they fight in like two months on Saturday Night's main event? Yeah, in November. I'm pretty sure. I think they do. But anyway, they basically talk about how they're both great. They're both different. They're both new, unique here. Ken Rezek just has to cut them off. We go to break. We're back now. Where Gorilla runs down the action for next week. We're gonna have the Sheik, Volkov, and Hercules in a six man. Whoa, it's a lot of punching. Huh? <laughs> Stud and Bundy will be in action. That great team. Mm-hmm. Ricky Steamboat in action. Hillbilly Jim and Cousin Luke. That's unfortunate. That's very unfortunate for the next episode. As I always say, not even the best wrestler to be named Cousin Luke. Yeah, true. <laughs> Kamala will be here finally. Plus, Jake and Hillbilly Jim on the snake pit. Hillbilly Jim on the snake pit. Who's going to throw him in that goo or whatever, <laughs> that bubbling, whatever that is. And that hot team of uh, Junkyard Dog and George Steele. Right. They'll be taking on the shitty funks, you know, Dory and Jimmy Jack. <laughs> Just for the record, once Terry leaves, it's nothing to do with Dory and not his fault. But Jimmy Jack Funk. How long is Terry there? Like three months? <laughs> I feel like, like it's not that long. Maybe six. Yeah. It's not that long. And Gorilla now throws to a special musical review of this week's action, which is basically the challenge theme song with clips of the show that we just saw. I like this, though, because it makes it feel like a challenge is a big deal, and it's not. It's a challenge. <laughs> it's like, it's so good that we we just put this together real quick. Yeah. So, like, so you'll always remember this episode of Challenge. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you can set your VCR. You can always watch back and feel the memories of, like, British Bulldogs versus the moon dogs that time on challenge <laughs> but overall quinn this is a very fun well-paced show as usual for their syndicated stuff i liked it i thought johnny v was very funny too it was a fun time fun show yeah i agree right good yeah. debut great strong debut for challenge too bad it'll never be like this good it's probably again. the best episode of challenge yeah. ever uh but folks i just want to remind you thank you rod mclarge <laughs> for the suggestion i do want to remind you guys that on our facebook group there is one of the announcements go to the announcement section where you can just put in specific episode requests for mm-hmm. us to review. If it's a, a syndicated show, it'll likely get done on this show. If it's meaning if it's an hour or less, if it's something longer, it might get done eventually as a live review, you know, as an extra one. Right. Day. Right. But we're trying to get through stuff. We can't promise we'll do all of it, but check it out if you want to. I also want to mention before we sign off here, if you don't mind, if you have Apple podcast, you know, iTunes, if you could leave us a review, we'd really appreciate that. It just it never hurts, you know what I mean? It just it's always nice to get those reviews. It's good. We 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 really appreciate those. We do. It, so it does help if you don't mind. But anyway, this was a fun time, Quinn. I had fun talking about the royal rankings, particularly with you. I'm interested mm-hmm. to see what uh people are going to think about that. And folks, obviously, we will be back next week to kick off April and bring you the Royal Flush, another review, another in defense of segment. Thank you guys so much for being with us here. Be sure to check us out on Twitter if you don't at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email. Join the group. Or if you want the extras, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. 
But once again, thank you guys so much for being with us here. Until next week, I am Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya. Twenty-two thousand miles. The Grand Wizard told me on his way to his fifteenth reincarnation to go to Uganda and to find the biggest headhunter of them all. When I got to the jungles of Uganda, Jake. I put my ear to the ground and a cousin of Damien told me Damien. that the mighty Kamala was on the northern slopes of Kilimanjaro hunting pygmies. Well, you have when found I the man. found him, we were in the VIP lounge in Singapore, the Sultan of Brunei needs the blonde Bengal tiger to add to his collection. Will you stop? stop, stop, stop.